looks got the type The one who sits high and he looks down low I, ah And if you ever miss the man with the younger The one who's got the type Then you'll be someone that he don't know Listen up, I know time is enough. Time is short and life is precious. Hey, listen up, I know time is enough. Life is short, but time is precious. You've got to have the heart of a lion. The children to reach Mount Zion. You can never be afraid. Just call on his name. Life is no
Cause he never in a haze Sometimes girl have to wonder if him did a get a chase He must sleep and she a gaze in a space So, have you ever sat to think what make a girl cheat? And have you ever asked her if she like how you do it? You need to check yourself before you start kiss your teeth Cause you're not ready for this yet, boy Have you ever wonder what make a girl come? A woman first be satisfied before you say you're done You can't say your thing if you end up a get fun Cause you're not ready for this yet Why? The year a little fool I say I him rule the world How in my bones scary and I sleep over more Get your act together for you look another girl Cause you're not ready for this yet Why? Did you even realize a woman have mood? You have to know angle it when girl have one room That's why another man a equally found no food Cause who no not ready for it? Freak, one man you keep And him never yet complain, say you deep You make your bow, you no answer to you And a one man assembly, you chow chow Need up your bro, make a guy know Say him be moving, blow out And sing again, heads I Kill them with you know Just make a boy know you not blow Heads I Kill them with you know Make a boy know you wanna pop in shower wow. Heads I Kill them with you know Make a boy know you're not blow It's I, kill them with the no Tell them Vegas say so Me why hear you scream If your mouth clean No man never rope your heat with no ice cream You no smell green like Charlene You will fresh you have a healthy hygiene So I'm assuming while you keep blooming Like a pretty little lily in the morning You're not crawling, fresh as them darling When you're rising, them keep falling So sing a gun, head side Make a boy know you're not blow It's I, kill him with the no No boy can't take a you fit a fish of a bow It's I, kill him with the no Just make a boy know you're not blow It's I, kill him with the no Them not no secret for you I sing again, it's I, kill him with the no Just make a boy know you're not blow It's I, kill him with the no No boy can't take a you fit a fish of a bow It's I, kill him with the no Make a boy know you're not blow It's I, kill them with the no Tell them Vegas say so Me while you scream, rock out Wind up your body And in the year car you wanna ray ray One ship alone can duck for the babe And a boy make you no DJ I sing again, it's I, kill them with the no Just make a pump know you're not blow It's I, kill them with the no
them want to see us type of loving. Hugging and kissing and no mention caressing when we sing. Girls request a decent type of loving. Hugging and kissing and no mention. Watch this. Well up front every time. No second class thing. No woman in the world like share them something. If you love her from start, why you put on the ring? What you want to break her heart and hurt her feeling? I'm a 
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you to everyone. Thank you so much for your patience. We were waiting on Future FM, but we got to go ahead. It is 921. We are running way behind schedule. Pleasant good morning to all of our listeners online on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. You know you're all so special. You know, I gotta pull this one back up from the start, right? <laughs> It is Thursday, November 10, 2022. It's Retro Thursday. Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toll World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. I'm so special, so special, so special. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments on the Score with on the Score Me on the Score Media, and also on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. We're going to have the headlines coming up right after this one from Movado. A gentle reminder that you are indeed special. Is it gentle though? <laughs> I'm so special, I'm so special, so special, so special. Tell them no fear, too fierce expression. Yes, Life no, don't him out, can't just nerd they tell you the same thing. Jackie has to even have the swine for. In pharmacy too much, that them blind for. One plate of food, them sell out mankind for. Yes, you have yearns, so what the bag of bad man. Besides, set them dot work, so what the fuck them want me shine for. Make it them what them want, what them want me. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you so much once again for your patience. 
headlines we have coming up for you today in the Caribbean corner. Spice Speaks. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. That should have been the first one that came out, but anyway. Start of fuel distribution has begun in Haiti. Out of St. Lucia landings, secure victory over sandals, stopping Tusi's development. Tobago has been dubbed the most desirable island. And that happened at the Travel Awards in London. Maryland's first black governor, Wes Moore, has Jamaican roots. <laughs> That's nice. Out of Jamaica, $16 million in compensation to be granted to those affected by Rio Cobra fish kill. PSOJ condemns Minister Warmington's comments, describes them as divisive and inconsistent. The opposition calls on the government to fix problems at the Kingston port, and Jamaica wants to supply oil-rich Guyana with skilled workers. Also, out of the Caribbean corner, sins of the church. Is the church a safe place for women? In business and tech news, Adidas to continue selling Yeezys under a new name beginning next year. And I see the fall coming up. What, what do I know? In news out of North America, Democrats hail young voters, Gen Z, as U.S. midterm results roll in. U.S. midterm results, where things stand in the House, Senate races, and what is a runoff election? We're going to break down what's happening in Georgia. In health and science news, five STDs you can get without having sex. In sports news, Kyrie Irving meets with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver following suspension. And we do have an update regarding Brittany Griner. She has been transferred to a forced labor camp. Out of Latin America, three American friends found it dead in their Mexico Airbnb. And believe it or not, stories an American ex-boyfriend is accused of killing and dismembering a New York woman to put in suitcase. And a Wisconsin nurse accused of amputating foot of a dying patient to put on display. Oh my gosh, am I watching a TV or is this real? In entertainment news, rapper Tierra Whack was whack. Grandmaster Jay sentenced to seven years on federal charges related to Breonna Taylor protests. We're going to have the details of these stories and more coming up right after this. Here is Sarani with No Games. Let's go.
thank you to all the listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Yes, I am Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News On The Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday! Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Started off with a party vibe this morning. You can never go wrong with those old songs, huh? Never. (laughs) Well, we're going to get started with the stories out of the Caribbean. Here is Caribbean Corner. First up, Spy Speaks. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. After days of speculation about her health condition, the Queen of Dance Hall has revealed that she suffered a damaged hernia, which she says caused sepsis in her body. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life, wrote Spice on her official Instagram page on Wednesday, a week after rumors circulated about her experiencing medical complications in the Dominican Republic. In capturing a photograph of herself wearing a blue dress with hands clasped, the black hypocrisy singer said she was in a better space to properly update her fans on her current health situation. I suffered a damaged hernia a few days ago that sent my body into sepsis. As a result, I was rushed to the hospital for immediate surgery. In noting that she has been off social media since October 17 to rest mentally, the DJ said during her medical scare, it was being said she had a heart attack, was in a coma, and also died. But none of that is true, Spice Quipped. All right. Uh, However, I'm still recovering from what really happened. So thanks so much for all the prayers and concerns. Please take great care of yourself. Eat, live, love, laugh like it's your last day. I hope you all, I love you all so much, she stated, adding several blue heart emojis. The entertainer admitted, I guess this is no more jumping off a speaker boxes for me. That style of dancing is a signature feature of Spice's risque performances at several stage shows over the year. Uh, meanwhile, the tape measure DJ apologized for her absence from an upcoming show in the Cayman Islands, which was slated to be held on November 25th. Okay. Um, that should have been the first tweet that came out, not what came out previously, right? Um, so of course I'm looking at the comments on Instagram, right? And people are saying, why would you go to the DR for a ruptured or a damaged hernia? (sighs) Well, we are grateful to know that she's alive. A lot of people are saying, can we have truth and transparency, please? Some people are saying, why, why y'all up in her business? Others are responding, she made us, she made her, whatever, our business. Because when you put everything out there, well, how do you know when to separate, right? 
there are mixed feelings on the internet regarding um her situation i don't know i really don't know what to say but the comments are some are okay some are not so okay um some are saying what i said this should have been the first um comment thanking people not the lashing out um i just hope she continues to recover um yeah someone also said she should have been honest about what happened especially considering that there are so many people who look up to social media influencers and entertainers and um use it instead as an opportunity to talk about the dangers of um altering altering your bodies you know i don't know let's see what happens in the coming days she's alive i think that's of what's of utmost importance let's see all right we wait for more details guys next up oh why is this in um french i do not speak french okay start of fuel distribution in haiti story courtesy of haiti.loopnews.com the ministry of commerce announces the resumption of the distribution of petroleum products in haiti the government announced this on tuesday november 8 that the resumption of the distribution um started the 9 10 and 11 are thus devoted exclusively to supplying the various gas stations they said in a note from the Ministry of Trade and Industry. Richard Richardon Saint-Jean, holder of the MCI, adds that all measures will be taken by the competent authorities to support members of the sector as well as consumers with a view to a disciplined distribution of gas in the interest of the entire population. And this is set to start uh, Saturday, November 12th. Shortly after this announcement, the National Police of Haiti published images showing officers from several units escorting tank trucks carrying fuel from the Verod terminal. The police institution reiterates its commitments to accompany the population during the distribution of fuel on the national territory. Well, that's some good news for Haiti right there. Uh, glad to know that they will be able to access fuel again. Next up, we head on over to St. Lucia, courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. Landings secure victory over Sandals, stopping Tusi's development. The Court of Appeal has issued a judgment to discontinue the development of Sandals at the Pigeon Island Causeway. According to the 109-page judgment issued by the Court of Appeal on Monday, the Court of Appeal described the DCA's decision for a new Sandals development as unfair, unreasonable, and in breach of the rules of natural justice. The initial appeal was filed by the landings who noted that Sandals' plan to construct a nine-story structure next to the landings would not only hinder the views of the hotel, but the DCA failed to notify the landings of the development before issuing their approval. The DCA's rebuttal uh, was that there was no obligation to consult the landings regarding the development of sandals. Despite concerns expressed by the landings and their lawyers in 2018, the DCA went ahead to approve the development, where then the landings filed a claim 
for a judicial review before the high court who after deliberations dismissed the claim that the dca should have consulted the landings beforehand the landings filed an appeal with the court of appeal honorable justice of appeal gerard uh one of the three judges who sat in on the matter stated that the dca's process to approve the two c's sandals development was in fact in breach of the rules of natural justice the dca ought to have provided the landings with the underlying application documents which were needed by the landings to be fully aware of the development of the property the decision of the dca to approve the development was consequently quashed according to the court of appeal having been denied the necessary information the dca has been unfair and woefully inadequate the landings was represented by Miss Renee St. Rose and Marie Angie Simmons of the law firm Fosters, led by Richard Harwood, King's Counsel of the 39 Essex Chambers. Wow. Sandals lost. But, you know, fair is fair. Right is right. Just is just. If you're going to set up shop next to somebody, especially if you're talking about business right it is common decency that you speak with your neighbor right it is common decency that you speak with your neighbor and you can have an amicable decision going forward because not because you're this big brand does it mean that it gives you the okay to just do as you please no fair is fair tourists go to the landings they want to be able to enjoy the the view as well why are you blocking their views that's not fair you know there's enough ocean front to go around let's be reasonable let us be reasonable so um congrats to the landings for this one yeah and this is a lesson to the bodies that issue permits and give the green light and the go-ahead don't show favoritism. Be just in your decision making. All right? That's all I'm going to say on that one. And we're going to keep it moving. Sins of the church. Oh, no, we're going to leave that one for last. No, that's going to stay for last. Uh, Maryland's first black governor, Wes Moore, has Jamaican roots. I was listening to a clip um, of his where he was, t you know, talking and his name to play on the word Westmoreland because his mother is from Westmoreland and it so happened that his mother migrated to the United States and married someone with the last name Moore and then he ended up getting the name Wes Moore yeah cute really cute but um Democrat Wes Moore who is of Jamaican heritage was elected Maryland's first black governor on Tuesday, defeating Republican Dan Cox in a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. Moore, whose mother, whose mother's name is Joy Moore, was born in Jamaica and migrated to the United States as a child with her parents, managed to flip a governor's office from Republican to Democrat with his victory. Of the 36 governor's races this year, Maryland and Massachusetts represented the best chances for Democrats to regain a governor's office at a time when the GOP, the GOP 
holds a 28-22 edge in governor's seats. Republican Governor Larry Hogan is term limited. Democratic Attorney General Maura Healey was elected governor of Massachusetts, making history as the nation's first openly lesbian governor. Only two other black politicians have ever been elected governor in the United States. Virginia Douglas Wilder. Well, I'm sorry, let me let me correct that. Virginia is the state of Virginia. Douglas Wilder in 1989 and in Massachusetts back in 2006, Deval Patrick. In Georgia, Democrat Stacey Abrams lost her bid to become the nation's first black female governor in her rematch against Republican Governor Brian Kemp. Well, with the slogan, leave no one behind, more a combat veteran and former CEO of one of the nation's largest anti-poverty organizations, campaigned on creating equal opportunity for Maryland residents. He said, when I was an army captain and led soldiers into combat in Afghanistan, we lived by a simple principle, leave no one behind. Real patriotism means bringing people together, Moore told a crowd gathered in downtown Biltmore during his victory speech. It means lifting each other up and improving each other's lives. Those are the words we say here, the very words he has echoed. So congratulations. Where's my applause? Congratulations to the governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. All right. Our next story, courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. So Clark highlights significance of ceiling compensation review agreement before fiscal year ends. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark is reminding the civil service and the public of the importance of quickly wrapping up the current public sector compensation review exercise. Dr. Clark says failure to get it done before the end of this fiscal year could put the budget and the timely payment of monies owed in jeopardy. He gave the update in the House of Representatives on Tuesday amid growing concerns among some union groups that they might not meet the time frame. Dr. Clark remains confident that the government can hammer out a deal with the public sector before the next fiscal year. However, he says even in this time frame, it requires that payments be made before the financial year ends. Nationwide News understands that the Jamaica Confederation of Trade Unions is struggling to get a majority to sign off on the government's offer from its member groups. Dr. Clark made it clear to the parliament that the ability to accommodate the payments next year simply does not exist. The government has just set aside $21 billion in the first supplementary estimates to make payments under the new compensation structure in anticipation of a deal. Dr. Clark made it clear to the unions that if they want timely payments, things must, conclu- must conclude. So you can't blame him now. You can't blame the government now. The ball is in the other people's court. I would say, um, folks, hurry up and do what you got to do. So that those who are to benefit from the payouts can do so. What is today's date? Today's the 10th, right? Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking for a second that today's the 9th. Oh my gosh. I need to wake up, I guess. I had two cups of coffee this morning though. So 
Dr. Clark remains confident that the government can strike a deal with the public sector before the next fiscal year. However, he says even this timeline requires that payments be made before the financial year ends. Uh, uh, the, the, the good, good news, news is that, is that we, are, we, are, uh, we have made, made significant, significant progress, progress and, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm quite, quite hopeful, hopeful that, that uh, before, uh, before long, long uh, uh, we'll be able to be processing the, uh, the payments that will be due from April 1st. I will use this opportunity since you've you raised the issue to just make the point that it is absolutely imperative that we make, that we conclude in sufficient time that the payments that are due for 2022 are made in the fiscal year 2022-23. So the government has been very accommodative in terms of the timeline but there is a nat there is a natural a natural limit, Madam Speaker, because the Mr. Speaker, because the amount we're making these changes effective April first, twenty twenty two. By the end of this month, eight months of twenty twenty two would have gone. By January, ten months would have gone. And ten months of what we proverbially call back pay is a large amount that is being budget budgeted for in this fiscal year. And if it is not paid in this fiscal year, the space to accommodate it in the next fiscal year does not exist. So it is very important that everyone is aware, that employees, workers are aware, that leaders of representative groups are aware that if we want, if we want to have the back pay paid in, we, we need to conclude in sufficient time that we can pay it this year. Taking the country into our confidence to this point of a natural challenge that we have to, to meet, right? You know, the expenditure for the back pay is tens and tens of billions of dollars. All right. So thank you, Dr. Nigel Clark, for doing your part. Now we wait on those in the leadership roles to do their part, okay? And think, leaders, think about the people you um, need to cut checks for. Let's hurry and get it done. Okay, next up, phased reoccupation of main building at CRH next year, says Dr. Christopher Tufton. This story courtesy of jamaica.lootnews.com. Reoccupation of the main building at Cornwall Regional Hospital in Montego Bay, St. James, is expected to begin on a phased basis next year. Minister of Health and Wellness Dr. Christopher Tufton made the disclosure while giving an update on the progress of renovation works on the multi-story Type A health facility during the Montego Bay Chamber of Commerce and Industries Mobay Expo 2022 at the Montego Bay Convention Center in Rose Hall, St. James, and that was back on November 4. Tufton said he is satisfied with the progress of repair works done over the last six months. Six months ago to now, I'm a lot more confident in terms of the progress being made, and we do expect over the next year the phased reoccupation of that facility. The minister, during his contribution to the 2022-2023 sectoral debate in the House of Representatives in May, said work on the phases 1 and 2A of the rehabilitation program had been completed at a cost of $1.3 billion. Work on the phase 2B is now underway and is aimed at correcting structural defects. 
That phase of the repairs is expected to cost $1.7 billion. Meanwhile, Dr. Tufton noted that the government continues to invest in the improvement of the island's health infrastructure. There is a plan for major infrastructure development in health. If you go to the Cornwall Regional Hospital site, you will see three cranes building out a six-story, 250-bed facility for adolescent and pediatric care. And that construction is in full flight to be completed in another year or so. It will complement the Bustamante Hospital for Children, except that it also deals with adolescent care from 12 to 18 years, he outlined. Nationally, there are big plans around building out Spanish Town, a six-story facility at a cost of U.S. $60 million. And Maypen and St. Anne's Bay under an inter-American development bank-funded program. So, from an infrastructure standpoint, we're making progress in healthcare, the minister further stated. Okay. So, that my work. Good. Good. Because major improvement um, is needed. I saw a video of the Mandeville Hospital. I was like, is that a hospital? Really? I don't know what the heck that was. Well, the part that um, was shown. I was like, no, this is 2022. This is 2022. We have residential structures in Jamaica that do not even look like you're in the islands. Right? What, what's going on? Why are the hospitals looking dilapidated? I'm sorry, I wouldn't want to go there, God forbid. Because it looks as though I'm going to die. That, that's how bad it looked to me. So I'm glad to hear that um, they're making improvements, developments. So we have Spanish Stone, Cornwall Regional, Maypen, and St. Anne's Bay. And I hope that they'll be able to get to the other hospitals. But also, let us hope that the staff, nurses, doctors, administrative um, personnel, Everyone will also see an increase in benefits. So yesterday I was speaking with um, someone who is in Jamaica. And they were talking about the bad manners of nurses in Jamaica. Can we clean that up, please, nurses? Regardless. Regardless. I remember back in the day growing up, nurses were looked up to. Nurses were held in high esteem. They were well-respected members of the community. Can we reinstate that? And they weren't making much money then, so let's not talk about money. Money should not equate to proper manners, good manners. That's basic. Stop talking to people any and anyhow. Because the truth is when you migrate, you don't do it when you get here or when you go to the U.K., or Canada, you don't do it. Or when you go to the Cayman Islands, you don't. So why are we treating our own badly? Talking to them, talking down to them, disrespecting them. Why do we do that? Whether you work in the public sector or private sector, you should be behaving at a certain level, a certain standard. It is sad. Let's let's clean that up. That's all I'm going to say. Jamaica wants to supply oil-rich Guyana 
with skilled workers. Jamaica is considering designing a skills exchange program to supply Guyana's labor market with short-term technically skilled personnel. Minister of Investment in Industry and Commerce, Senator Aubin Hill, outlined the plan following a trade visit to the Caricom State last month. Guyana is poised to be one of the world's biggest oil producers by the end of this decade. With the expected increase in workforce needs in Guyana, Hill seized the opportunity to highlight the capacity-building potential of HART, NSTA, to deliver the National Council on Technical and Vocational Education and Training Certification. He also stressed Jamaica's ability to supply short-term technically skilled personnel to support the Guyanese expansion. We will explore designing a skills exchange program to enhance the Guyanese talent pool, he noted. Guyana's workforce needs will reach 2.5 million in the next three years from a population base of 790,000. This is according to Richard Rambaran, who is president of the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce. This presents expansive opportunities for an increased demand for food from which Jamaica's agribusiness sector and its players could benefit. There's also an opportunity to export processed goods, explore joint ventures with Ghanese entities to utilize raw materials and create synergies along the supply chain for the mutual benefit of Jamaica and Guyana. It was revealed in a statement by the island's investment agency, Jampro. What's more? Guyana's current building boom requires an expansion of the building industry. Jamaican contractors and developers with access to capital can find opportunities in this expansion, generating financial gains for Jamaica while supporting the infrastructure growth of Guyana, the release also stated. The possibilities for the building boom are clear. Twelve hotels are under construction, one of which is financed by a Jamaican institution and built by a Jamaican contractor. A total of 20,000 houses are also expected to be built per year over the next few years to support the expected talent influx. In addition, some 700 kilometers of roads are being built, including a major highway to northeast Brazil. The growing need for capital to finance this building boom is more than the local institutions can provide, opening opportunities for Jamaica's sophisticated private equity debt financiers, microcredit, and stock exchanges to market their products and services, the Jampro release also said. So, I see opportunities here for those who are looking to invest in the Caribbean community. Let's not sleep on it. Can't say you weren't advised. Okay? Um, it is good that they are looking to supply Guyana because it will definitely help with um, income and earning in Jamaica. Well, we say there are no jobs. Well, yeah. if the jobs aren't in Jamaica and they're elsewhere and opportunities can be created elsewhere, let us not sleep on these opportunities. Good morning, O'Neill. Go right ahead. Hello, so the irony of that is... Recently, the Prime Minister was saying they have to import labor into Jamaica. For what? For, for, for um, construction, for, right, if I remember well. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, unless Arbid Hill is speaking, well, he did say developers with money. 
So let's say just again, just talking about the wealthy. Um, but I'm also assuming that they're speaking about exporting labor. So the irony for me is recently the Prime Minister was talking about importing labor into Jamaica. But here's it we're saying we have enough labor to export. It don't make much sense. Okay, so look at I'm it. Trying to make it here's, here's where I'm looking at it from, O'Neill. Probably it's the skill set that's available, right? Because you can have um, you can have a need, but you can't fill it because the skill set isn't there to fill it. So you have to look outside. Um, you may have a skill set that can't find jobs in Jamaica, but if you can send them to another country. Am I making sense? Let me know. I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, that's the basics of it. But if you're talking about construction, road work, highway building, these are the same exact things we're doing in Jamaica. Okay. Okay, we're, we're building highways in Jamaica that we're saying we can't find local labor for. The real issue, though, why it, make, it may make sense, is that they are not willing to pay Jamaicans livable wages and maybe going to Guyana, because Guyana is oil-rich, just the fact that you're going to Guyana to work, you'd have to be being paid wages that allow you to live and save. You know, so I guess the only advantage is like, like a Jamaican nurse that leaves Jamaica to come to the U.S. to work because it, it is better wages. So the only thing that is maybe positive in it is that um, there's maybe going to be better wages paid in Guyana than Jamaica is paying or wants to afford to pay. That's that's only leverage, but it I still see the irony because the same institution that you're going to use to train these skilled workers. So is it, I see them gunman them where you say, no, I work, you have a train for Senga Guyana. Where is that human resource coming from that you're training to go to Guyana? Why couldn't you have said to that same human resource, we're going to train you to fill the jobs here in Jamaica rather than, oh, we have to import labor from China and everywhere else. That's the irony. I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I'm trying to look at the silver lining. They may be able to earn more in Guyana than they would in Jamaica. And it may um, inspire, encourage, motivate people to look at this as an opportunity. Because we said, that, we said we're not getting livable wages in Jamaica, right? So, okay, I can train and I can go overseas and make more money because at the end of the day, the money is going to come back to Jamaica. I understand what you're saying, but I'm trying to see the silver lining in it as well. So we're either going to sit down and complain that there are no li jobs paying livable wages. I can't live. I can't. So I have to take up the chop chopping lifestyle or, okay, them can't pay me here, but at least them opening up a way for me to go get some training so I can go to another country, make livable wages, come back and build up back here. Because remember, you know, when them go there and them come back, chances are them probably going to buy land and it's going to help the construction industry as well in Jamaica. Um, nothing going to be perfect. 
you know what i mean so we have to take the lemons that were given and make lemonade out of it one way or another right they're not coming back after they get trained and acquired those skills and 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 um get accustomed to the wages that they're making half of them not gonna come back some of them gonna stay over there and some of them gonna go elsewhere with their skills yeah build a house of jamaica and all that and come back and work with those skills in jamaica for what money they're not coming back right um, oh uh, hold on one second and that say. and that's our problem all the time true Dre. True. we don't pay we don't pay well in jamaica so um, these skills pe skilled people, they're going to find elsewhere to go. When when they're over there and, 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 and the time board for up, trust me, they're looking somewhere else to go. <laughs> and you can't blame them for that, right, Dre? We can't blame them for of that. Of course I cannot. We can't blame but them. But what I'm looking at is that they'll be able to send back money to their families in Jamaica, which is going to help the Jamaican economy. Now, what we need, I'm coming to you, Neil. What we need then is we, we, we constantly, every day, every day myself included we say that there are no jobs in jamaica or or there are not job there are no jobs that are paying well enough what the, the big thing in jamaica is the tourism what else can jamaica do because we're we're finding the faults we need to find solutions and look at ourselves as the future of jamaica because there are many of us who are looking one day to go back home right so what suggestions can we present to the government of Jamaica as viable options so that we can prevent the brain drain? Why are we training them to send them overseas? What can we do? What other um, sectors are there? What can we do? Go ahead, O'Neill. Yes, I'll start by saying I just Googled. So the U.S. dollar to the Guyanese dollar, they're even far worse than us. They've always been. So, I mean, I know they're fine oil now, so things may change, but it's 209 to 1. Woo! We're at 150-something dollars to We're one. We're 153. Right. And they are $209 to 1. Cool? Um, I mean, the guy in the economy had a lot of stuff, lumber, this, that, that, that you know, forestry, there were a lot of industries. Um, that they're huge at. The, the reality, though, what I'm saying is, and the point you touch on about, we have become, and we had this conversation before about remittance, we have become so dependent on, if we are going to export talent out of Jamaica, we have to create an environment inside Jamaica that this talent want to come back home to. It can't be go over there, Go to America, go to Canada, go to Guyana, go to Saudi Arabia, go to Qatar, go to Dubai, make money, and we're comfortable collecting um, remittances from you. That comes into the country, and that remittance goes into the pocket of Jamaicans that spends money with institutions that are importers and with institutions that are not Jamaican companies that then repatriate the same money outside of Jamaica. Oh, so Neil, what are like, you knocking? You're knocking something sorry. and it's killing my ears. Sorry. My apologies. That, <laughs> yeah. That phone is on the, the table. Oh, okay. Right. Some of the saying, the, that issue, that issue of that ecosystem, that cycle, is like in a poverty cycle, like an hamster wheel. Okay, let us export people. Let us export people. Let us get remittance. Remittance come to Jamaica. Remittance is spent by 
flour, rice, uh, all the things that are imported because nothing is made in the country. We're not, so we're not looking at how can we train Jamaicans for the dollar that they have to circulate 11 times in Jamaica. We are training Jamaicans to go to send back money that goes back out, that doesn't even circulate in Jamaica two times. We're not helping the economy. So what's the answer, O'Neill? The answer is every company that comes to Jamaica, Chinese, etc., to build these hotels, to build these real estate, to build these, high, these roadways, have to employ Jamaicans. That you have trained at Heart NTA. Then you have to pay livable salaries. Stop, take all these hotel workers of contract contracting where um, you're paying them little or no wages, no health benefits, no nothing, right? Um, to work in, the, in, in what you say is the biggest industry in the country, right? In other words, when you create, when you pay livable wages and give people, again, everything goes back to aspiration and hope and give people an opportunity to see that they can stay in Jamaica and build. Some of us is going to migrate. That's going to be a natural part of the process. It can be that you're, you're encouraging 80% of the country to leave. And then you're bringing in workers, you're bringing in foreign investors, and they are the ones that are buying up the properties. They are the ones that are owning the best of Jamaica. They are the only ones that are able to live and enjoy Jamaica in its fullest. And then you have a whole mass of poverty and who can get visa to stay who can get a work when to stay can leave um the brain drain continues and then we're left with and then it's oh you know the problem we have now pretty soon they're going to tell you that they have to hire people for offices from overseas because they don't have the best minds to do the jobs it just don't make no sense but it makes no sense it only serves one class what they're doing, even in exporting labor, only serves the upper class. It only serves the rich. Uh, O'Neill, can I make a suggestion then? Um, can we ask the parents to change their mindset and be good influencers on their children? Because every, the biggest thing now is to be proud, to be dance. It's like being... The best don't matter no more. And, and I don't, you see, I guess there's something. I think just like even the Kanye situation and everything else, the media, it's a sensationalization of headlines mm -hmm. or slangs mm -hmm. because we're selling, if, you, if we, that narrative that everybody proud to be done is not true the way it is perceived. So who do we blame for so, pushing that narrative on you? No, 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 the na narrative is coming from the little... Jamaica has always been a country of slangs. We have always been a a sound bites and slangs from ever since. The, 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 the fully dance and the catch your hat and the, all of these slangs, they all will... You're not going to get rid of them. I think the issue that we're having, when you, have the, when you have the prime minister who supported Brogard, which is one of the biggest slangs, that is a criminal element slang because it's, it's just like saying I am a Don or I am mafia. That's what it is. The, the reality of what's happening in Jamaica is 
Yeah, yeah, them said the devil get eagle hands. If you have eagle hands, the devil find work for eagle hands. We have too much educated people. Can listen. The issue in Jamaica is not that we have a country of dunce. It's the issue that we have. Uh, we have a mass of educated people that has become brain dead because they have nowhere to use that education. So when you look at Skilly Beng, who has nine ones at Cape. Nine ones. Nine. And he's now a DJ making some of the same slangs. He's not fully done. No, but he's not. But no, he's, he's making not. Because, so, why is because he, so, so hold on now, O'Neill. He's not. And I'm, I'm being sarcastic when I talk about a fully done situation. Jamaicans are not a done set of people. No, so he, he, he is not fully done, not for you, O'Neill, but for anybody else listening. He is not mm -hmm. fully done. So why is he promoting fully done? Why is the other one talking about um, back of the class? As if to say, that is what we should aspire to. You know why? Doing his job. Like, sorry, Village. It's just like, all right, Jamaicans say, Hey, that thing they bad, you see? What we mean it good, you see? It is, it is still, you see, we're, you see, the sensationalization of these things. Technically, when a man says I'm fully done, you know, I believe that most of the people say, yo, you think me fully done. So me fully done because I'm smarter than you. Okay. Fully done because I beat you at the game. Jamaicans always have a flip to things they say. But I think the issue that we're having is that when you have a government that has no solutions, what do you do? You grab at straws. Oh, the reason why crime is so rampant is because of you, them talking about fully dance and everybody's becoming fully dance. That's not true. You're actually selling a narrative because you are not finding solutions to help these kids that are very smart and educated Right? If you listen to some of these lyrics where them guys are singing, take out the, the gun and shoot. If you listen to some of these lyrics, the way they put together their metaphors and synonyms, listen, not even the Queen of England maybe can use English language like some of these kids. <laughs> so uh, we, need, we, we need to find a solution for that. Are you? Okay, so O'Neill, Drabe, I'm going to get to you. Quick, another thing I wanted to highlight, O'Neill, is that there are a lot of people throughout the world who go to college for one thing but end up doing something totally different so it's not exclusive to jamaica people go to college get a degree in something and can't find a job in that field or if them get into it them realize that the money not worth it or them realize that they not like it so it's not just jamaica alone go ahead and drink i know i need to touch on most of the points that i wanted to so i'm good okay <laughs> all right okay Good morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Yeah, so, so, so as we're talking about, you know, like, you know, Jamaica and um, Guyana and stuff like that, I saw something, I saw an interview this week that, <clears throat> that, made, that made me a bit hopeful. You know, there's, you know, something that I've always talked about. There, there's this, this woman that I didn't know exists, like she's a, a Jamaican um, millionaire living in the US. The billionaire almost. Yeah. And so that's what, I, that's what I've always been talking about. Um, 
I'm when, gonna play the video when, when you're government. finished, James. I'm gonna play the video when you're finished. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so when when I see something like a hotel, like rooms on the beach, that the government sell for like a little bit of money, you know that that woman could that woman could buy the hotel with probably money where she carrying her purse, the amount of money that she said that she have, right? So. As a Jamaican, I'd feel more comfortable if the government is selling out Jamaica and like selling it out cheap, but looking for millionaires and billionaires, Jamaicans, even Caribbean um, people in the diaspora, than selling it out to the, 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 the Chinese and, and the Europeans. Because there, there are people out there, like there, there, there's this guy in Canada that I talk about all the time, Wes. One, one of the richest is, is another Michael Lee chain in Canada. Like, this guy is, is, has more money than where the country can fit. That's how rich this man is. And, and to see, like, the government sit down and not engage in these people and say, look, we could have sell that hotel to a Chinese, a Chinese company or a Mexican company for $100 million. You are Jamaican. We'll give you for $80 million. And, and and whatever, you know, I'd feel more comfortable with that because as a Jamaican living in the diaspora, like 99.9% .9 of Jamaicans that I meet, extremely proud, love Jamaica more than anything else. Even people think that when, when you're overseas that you don't love Jamaica, not true. Like they wear Jamaica on their sleeve like, like nothing else. So I would feel more comfortable if these people that have millions of dollars to invest, um, the government finds special ways, the same way them find special ways for, for, for give the Chinese people and tax break and stuff like that. Like that same woman, the reason why she could give away so much money to our university is not because she just like, got throw the money at the university. She's getting back half of that. In, 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 for, in these first world countries, when, when you donate millions of dollars, if, if, if you take up you know, uh, Michael Leachin take up most about fifty million dollar for donate to a hospital in in Toronto. He not just throw the fifty million; he might get it back. So, if Jamaican government set up a system like that, where Jamaicans in the diaspora can say, you know what, the, the children's hospital, make we put um fifty million Jamaican dollars, and and there's a, a system where they can get back tax tax return and stuff like that, our credit on it, and and help to build up the country, but. They're getting, you know, Chinese people developing the country, people from India coming developing the country, and they're sending back the money to, to, to their home. They care about, they're in the diaspora, and they care about their home. And we have wealthy Jamaicans outside, and we're not giving them the opportunity to come and invest, you know? So, But James, can I give a little forward, pushback? Can I give a little pushback? How do we know we're not giving them the opportunity, but they don't want it? Uh, uh, How do we know that? All right, hold, stick up in. I'm going to stick up in. Finish up, James, and then I'm going to play the video, and then we get to you, O'Neill. No, because, because as I said, like, I've been to, like, a lot of diaspora meetings when, like, Portia Simpson, like, all of the prime ministers, them come. And when they come to these meetings, what they talk about, they talk about um, remittance. They talk about, um, there are a few Canadian companies that are building house back in Jamaica. They talk about helping. They don't talk about... I've never been to any meeting where there's any... Like a government came with a plan 
and I said, look, Jamaica, JPS or whatever, we're looking for investment or whatever and encourage Jamaicans to invest. I've never been to any of those before. Like, all I've seen is, like, you know, coming and thanking people for sending remittance and, you know, thanking um, some of the the, the places, the, the organizations that fund schools, like education and stuff like that. But no business pro um, proposals. So, yeah, I've never seen it. All right. Thank you, James. Okay, bear with me one moment, folks. I'm going to play the video. Hold on. Let me see. Why is it not opening up for me? One second here. Okay, Trisha here. Bailey refused to let racist okay, here we go. rags to riches story. From no shoes in St. Elizabeth to her very own jet, Trisha Bailey refused to let racism get in her way, learning, as she put it, to suck it up. Trisha Bailey has made good, worth hundreds of millions of US dollars, and not yet 50. Barefoot and without water and electricity in Woodland, St. Elizabeth, but new horizons ahead after migrating to the US at 13. Starting a recruiting business, was a stockbroker, made her first million at 35, selling medical equipment and supplies before getting into the US and international commercial real estate market, including Jamaica. Recently gave away record sums to an American university. Bailey keeping it real in an interview with ER. Not too stush to pose at a bus stop on Oxford Road, but heading back to the US in her very own jet, thank you. So what did Bailey have to say? What do you want to say? She said lots. Why did you have to leave Jamaica? For better opportunity. America is the only country that you can really, truly, they, they, when they say it's paved with gold, it is the only country that you can actually go from walking barefooted with no electricity and running water to becoming the Trisha Baileys of the world. So that's why. But they also say about America, it's racist. The system is not designed for people like you and who look like you to succeed. It is definitely designed not for people that look like myself. Um, one of the things that I did was I stayed focused. Focus. I'm, a, I'm one of those people who my blinders are always on. Like in the horse race, you put the blinders on the horse so that they don't look around. When I open a store, I don't care about my competition. I don't even care if they're right next door to me because I know what I provide and how I'm going to do it. And I go with it. When it becomes difficult, I fall back on God and I keep praying and then I keep working and then I keep praying some more until I get to the point where I am now. Bailey focused on success, but determined and stubborn in the way of immigrants, and also good at maths. Money was forever something that I knew that you, you can't romp with it. You need to make sure that you're saving. When I was in high school, my mom gave me $10 for, per week for lunch. And at the end of the week, I had $6. Now, she gave the same money to my sister and Tuesday she, was, she didn't have no more money left. But uh, so I've always been structured, disciplined, and I, tr I truly believe that God chose me to be in this place. Are Jamaicans, Jamaican immigrants to America, even more motivated to do well than, say, black Americans? Absolutely. 
I, absolutely. Because what happened, Jamaicans and Caribbeans that come migrate to the U.S., we don't feel like you need as a handout or we are privileged or we're expected to be given certain things. And we know that we have to work for every single thing that you have. And sometimes it just means you got to suck it up. One of the reasons why I started my first company is because I was told, um, I didn't know that you were black. And so I started getting harassed and I said, okay, well, now I have to create my own. And I created my own destiny. Was it hard to suck it up? Oh yes, it's always hard. And how bad was it sucking it up? One of the things that I do, I live in every moment. So if it's a moment where I'm experiencing the deepest level of racism, which I do until today, two weeks ago, I'm experiencing it still. I don't live there. I will experience it. I know it's happening, but I keep my blinders on and I'm progressing and I'm making changes and adjusting so that I can go back and say, you know what? You didn't want to serve me in your restaurant. I'm going to come back and buy it and kick you out. How wealthy are you? How much money do you actually you never ask a person have? that? Come on. I have enough, I think. Can, I have you, can you give us life. a figure? Um, there, there's a figure that I'm seeing looking at some document which says 700, up to 700 million US dollars. And it's, I'm in the vicinity. I'm in the vicinity, a little bit less than a billion um, US dollars. In terms of lifestyle, tell us about the life you live in America. Does it match the sort of lifestyles of people who generally have that kind of wealth? Yes, yes. Uh, so my lifestyle is, um, I, most of my time, I like to spend with my little people, my little kids, my children. Um, but my lifestyle is definitely a very, very privileged one. Um, from, I have all the resources I possibly can have. So yes, it does match what they would look at as the rich and famous lifestyle. What's the one toy you always wanted to have and know you have it? A jet. <laughs> That's that, yes, a jet. That's, that was a toy I wanted to have. Um, and I, now I travel that way. Bailey buying up real estate in Jamaica. So have a lot of other people. Wouldn't you say that a real estate bubble is being created in Jamaica? I don't think so. I think that Jamaica is very economically very wealthy and there's a lot of resources and opportunities not just from people who are living here in the country but also people who are abroad who are coming and I believe that the baby boomers in, in the U.S. they are spilling over so they are looking for resources and places to retire to and we just happen to have the best country on earth so why not? But what about boom and bust, inflation? and the threat of recession. In every economy, there's always corrections. So you might come down maybe 10, 20%, which we're expecting right now in the US to at least 30% downturn in the real estate market. But in 10 years, it's gonna continue. So when you invest, you have to invest for the long haul. That way, you're gonna reap the maximum benefit that you possibly can. In this sort of cycle though, the poor generally get poorer and the rich get richer. Have you gotten richer? I have resources that, yes, I have gotten richer. Um, so that's where my heart lies. I want to be able to put my hand back to every person to walk next to me. I never want to be the only one. So that's the reason why I'm charitable. That's the reason why I'm a philanthropist. She says she sent 270 Caribbean youngsters to university, donated over 4 million meals during the pandemic. She's a giver, but it was a sizable gift to the University of Connecticut that got the headlines. The reason why I chose University of Connecticut is because they gave me my first start. 
They gave me my first opportunity. They gave me my scholarship. If I didn't have the scholarship going there, I couldn't be me. I don't know where I would be, to be honest. So that's the reason why I chose my university that gave me the love, the support, and the boost that I needed in order to become the entrepreneur that I am today. Where are you at mentally now? Can you actually even process all that's happened in your life? I, I can't, I can't, honestly. Um, I am still the little girl from Woodland who believe that every person should be treated with love and kindness. And I still do that today. But is there any such thing as the benevolent millionaire, almost billionaire? Don't you have to be ruthless to make the kinds of money you've made and to keep that money in your coffers? No, you do not have to be ruthless. I, am, I don't think anyone, at my staff, one of my employees, one of the managers described me as, I rule with a iron fist, but a delicate heart. I am a businesswoman, so I'm stern and I will make decisions quickly, but you do not have to be ruthless and be unkind in your development as it relates to money. What's the one thing that the Jamaican government can do that could be transformational in Jamaica? The one thing, I, I, I really believe that in order to transform the country, you have to put money in education. I, I believe that's how the transformation will happen, is to put money into the bright minds and develop them to become the Trisha Baileys of the world. No need to bring a barrel back home, but family and friends do benefit from Baileys largesse. And if they start a business, I'm right there with them, holding their hands, walking them through it. Now I have boundaries. It's not a handout. You have to work for it. I had to work for it. And as long as I see that that work is there and that discipline and your morals remain intact, because what happened with people, when money comes, morals start going out the window. Your morals have to stay intact in order to engage with me because otherwise I, don't, I can't be around you. Did you vote for Donald Trump? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Do you want to see the return of Donald Trump? Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you contribute to the Democratic Party? I have contributed to the Democratic Party, yes. Do you think Joe Biden should run again? No. I voted for uh, Carmela. So, no, I do not think Joe should run again. I think that he's aged his time out of office. But Kamala hasn't turned out to be very much of a successful VP, has she? But guess what? My daughter, who is uh, eight, my little girls, they look and see I could become the vice president of the United States. So that's why I voted for her, because she looked like me. But will the Republicans winning the midterms be good for you? When Republicans win, it's always good for me. Now, my moral compass is a whole different story. <laughs> Not sure Trisha Bailey is Jamaica's richest woman ever, but she has to be up there. All right. That story, I got it uh, earlier this week. <laughs> Some of the questions he could have left out, I thought, I thought they were, you know, a little crass or distasteful. But anyway, um, that's me. Not my business. Um, yeah, so over to you, O'Neill. Yeah, um, a good interview. Somebody sent it to me recently, too, and I listened to it. Um, dynamic story. I think there's a lot of other stories out there that are similar, but a lot of people with money is not making themselves known Facts. for the obvious reasons. Um, the question you asked prior to playing that was, is the opportunity being given 
And I would say it's not. And I'm telling you why I'll say it's not. Um, I have, personally as a Jamaican, I have, I have had opportunities. I have tried to broker opportunities going into Jamaica. Um, maybe not as massive as Trisha Bailey's, but um, I have, you know, gotten insight and then tried to open opportunities at my low local level. And the red tape and bureaucracy that it takes to do business in Jamaica, especially when you're a Jamaican. And a lot of people, even since I'm on Clubhouse, I mean, I've spoken to various Jamaicans who want to go back home. And I mean, I'm fresh out of Jamaica. And I, and I do know a lot of the loopholes. I do know the, the business um, environment there very well. Um, I mean, even Andel, you know, we have tried to, 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 to put certain businesses in Jamaica. It is like pulling a teeth. But that's at the lower level. At a higher level, recently, since I'm here, I got a phone call from a very prominent lawyer who called me um, speaking about a gentleman who had millions, maybe in a Chicha Bailey um, kind of capacity, and he was looking to go back to Jamaica to, to, to do some business. I, I, I don't remember exactly what the project was, but it's one of those nation-building projects that have made, created many jobs, etc. And he was getting the runaround. And one of the things, one of the biggest issues, again, goes back to corruption. So there's always a gatekeeper. So there's always somebody in the Ministry of Industry or Ministry of Environment, um, Economic, whether they created recently, or somebody in Jambro, or somebody in one of these institutions, a government minister, or some high-ranking government official that is not going to make the project happen, even when they see how it's going to benefit the country, unless they're getting their cut. And I'm saying, and I talk about their cut, I talk about... Somebody will look at you and tell you, say, okay, I'm a city project. I'm going to help Jamaican people. We need 10 million US dollars. The only way we're going to make it happen. This is real. And separate and apart from that, it's also, there's no, I don't think there's a fair, fair, um, a fair play field for people going back. It's who you know. You have to be connected to somebody. Um, and I'm, and I'm talking about the, the only fear. So like, I, like when, when, when the lawyer called me about the gentleman, I said to her, this is the route you need to go. And I, and I told her the route she need to go. I told her who she needed to call. as not somebody that is in government either. It was a lawyer, very prominent lawyer that I know have. So I was like, you know, this is a lawyer that did XXXXY. If this person is back in the project, you're likely to get through. These, all of these gatekeeping red tape, bureaucracy, it's a turn off. When a white man goes to Jamaica, let me give it a flip. Check your back channel, O'Neill. Check your back channel real quick. Yeah, when a white man goes to Jamaica, the white man don't go through that. He doesn't. Right? He doesn't. The white man, the white man doesn't go through that. He walks into Jamaica, and based on the complexion of his skin, he can just walk right into John office and John said, ask him, what is it you want? When a Chinaman walk in, all of these other people walk in, they do not get the same red tape. 
especially if they are a white American or white British. Because again, that white millionaire more than likely have a relationship with a U.S. senator or a U.S. congressman. And when him drop that name and a man realize, say, yo, we don't have Jamaica, so, you know, so we, we, we have to talk to Uncle Sam about this and I am about that. We don't want to ruffle this matter. So, is it, um, is it, who, who just got the, is it not Elon Musk? His company that just got the, 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 the telecom. Starling. Starling, yeah, for example. Elon Musk. Right, right. And I'm sure nobody asked Elon Musk for 10 million US dollars to do it. I can bet you he didn't have to pay a million US dollars or some big chunk. Not that they didn't, because, you know, everybody have them look at bribe money. But I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I don't believe that ordinary Jamaicans that are living in the diaspora is given the opportunity, like James said, to come back home, build villas, get 10-year tax break under the tourist enhancement fund, whatever the tourist policy is. These are the things that are happening for the Mexicans, white, the white hotel owners, Butstuart, and all of these people. They are getting that break. Or a lot of white people or people of other things that is going back to buy land and build luxury villas. There are villas in Jamaica that cost 100,000 US dollars a week to rent. Let that sink in. And it's not black people own it. All right. Thank you, Neil. Anyone else wants to add their voice? Yeah, sorry, me, me again. <laughs> Go ahead, James. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. Like, I'm going to try. I don't know if, if we could do it in Fabian room or, or, or so, but the, the guy that I'm telling you about, Wes, uh -huh. I'm going to try and see if I can um, get to set up like a clubhouse um, session with him. Because I'm telling you, like, this guy is Jamaican to the core. And since for the past, he's, he's been like a quiet millionaire because he is not one of those type of person to put himself out there. But for the past five years now, like he's big into philanthropy now. And he started an organization in Toronto called the Black North. And the Black North is an organization that um, it's set up because when he, when he started his business in, in Canada, no bank would look at him. And he said, he said, since the pandemic, he said like he was one of the first person every single bank in the country called. And said, Mr. West, how much money you want? Tell me, I will put it on for you. That's what gave powerful. him that leverage? So, what what shifted for them to reach out to him now? There is a mistake. No, because no, because he 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 became a lawyer and he he started up his own company and he um is responsible for one of the biggest merger of companies in Canada history that comprised of billions of dollars. So like the, just the one period from that acquisition uh -huh. like put him over the top like so he's, he's very respectful okay. respected very respected in canada and so i'm saying that like he's in a foreign country setting up an organization like the black north um taking young black business people under that umbrella the black north and if you become a, a member of that organization it's like him co-signing for you like if you need loans like um student um scholarships it's and like stuff a like guarantor. that 
like a guarantor, but okay. but it's 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 an organization to empower Black Canadians, like from the Caribbean, from Africa, wherever you're from, you can be a part of that organization. And this guy, like, you know, a lot of stuff. So all I'm saying is that the government is too short-sighted. The, the governments in Jamaica are too short-sighted because these people, like, are all over the world. Jamaicans are millionaires all over the world. And as I said, like, reach out to them, give them the opportunity to, to invest and, and give them a discount. And I'm sure, like, you know, all of those um, places that have been sold out in Jamaica, these people can buy them. And if, if they buy them, at least you know it's in a Jamaican hand, you know? And yes, yeah, so it, it's... So, hopefully things will change, though. So I agree with you and O'Neill. But what we'll have to do, because this is the other flip side of it, too. What's going to have to happen, as many people who are in the diaspora have said, then now go until the crime clean up. So we have work to do. All right. So while we're calling out and beckoning to the multimillionaires that have made it, many of whom we do not know and uh, will never know because they they choose to remain private for good reason. Um, what they need to then do to appeal to them. Right. Is to see how we can clean up because we've heard too many stories of returning residents being targeted and that's not fair you that that is not attractive in any way for them to want to come back and invest in their country all right so um yeah thank you very much gentlemen next story uh where are we where are we where are we okay the opposition calls on government to fix problems at the kingston port the opposition people's national party is calling on the government to fix the emergent problems at the port of kingston which have resulted in growing backlog of goods needed by producers and consumers for the impending christmas season speaking amid recent reports of heightened surveillance and inspection by the customs and border control agencies of goods coming into the port which is reportedly among the factors causing delays in the clearance of goods Opposition spokesperson on industry investment and global logistics, Anthony Hamilton, said, whatever the cause or causes of the backlog in the clearance of good at the port is, needs to be addressed immediately, as this can only worsen an already fragile economy, economic recovery and increase the burden on already stressed consumers and businesses. He explained that the delays in the clearance of goods at the port in the run-up to the Christmas peak demand will only prolong the negative economic effects of the COVID-19 pandemic in which the supply chain was severely disrupted, thus worsening the current inflationary spiral in which Jamaica and the world are gripped. The opposition spokesperson in a release on Tuesday also noted that the response of the Bank of Jamaica in increasing the policy rate multiple times has resulted in increased interest rates on credit to the productive sector, as well as households. Coupled with the rising costs of fuel and basic food items, the pressure on businesses and the most vulnerable has been mounting, he said. To add further delays to the clearance of vital supplies and materials for producers and consumers during the peak Christmas season is increasing the risk of, of the economy slipping back into a recession. He is therefore calling on the government to take the lead in urgently bringing all stakeholders to the port community to 
to the discussion table to fix the problem as quickly as possible to ensure stability at a main artery in the supply and logistics chain at the port of Kingston. A husband is in custody after chef's decomposing body was found at home. Story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. A suspect is in police custody following the discovery of a woman's decomposing body at her home in Logwood District, Hanover, on Tuesday, November 8. The deceased has been identified as 35-year-old Judine Smith Grayson, otherwise called Youth Man and Red Boot, who was a chef. Reports are that at about 12.15 p.m., residents detected a foul odor coming from the house and summoned the police. On arrival of law enforcers, Smith Grayson's body was seen lying on the floor with several stab wounds. The body was in a state of decomposition. The scene was processed and the body was subsequently removed to the morgue pending a post-mortem examination. Following several leads and police operations to apprehend the deceased woman's husband, who is a suspect in relation to her murder, he turned himself into the Maypen police in Clarendon early on Wednesday morning. Arrangements are being made for the husband to be interviewed by investigators. Investigations continue into the development. Our next story, courtesy of Nationwide Radio. I'm sorry, nationwideradiojm.com. $16 million in compensation to be granted to those affected by the Rio Cobra fish kill. Fisher folk and stakeholders who were affected by the Rio Cobra pollution during the period of July 26 to August for this year are to receive $16 million in compensation. This comes from the $117 million environmental performance bond, which the National Environment and Planning Agency, NEPA, has drawn down from the bauxite company, Windalco. NWC will get the larger cut of that figure, close to $43 million. The scale of the economic impact and the cost of restorative work and social impacts have been assessed to exceed $200 million. That is well beyond the value of the company's performance bond. The details were disclosed in a press release from the Ministry of Economic Growth and Job Creation. Minister Without Portfolio in the Ministry of Economic Growth and Job Creation, Senator Matthew Simudo, says the language of the bond was assessed and certain weaknesses became apparent. He notes that going forward, the weaknesses will be addressed when new bonds are being issued. The private sector organization of Jamaica condemns Minister Warmington's comments, describes them as divisive and inconsistent. And thank you for sending this one over, uh, Anil. Appreciate it. So this is according to Nationwide Radio JM as well. The Private Sector Organization of Jamaica, PSOJ, has condemned recent comments made by Government Minister Everald Warmington, describing them as divisive and inconsistent with the country's motto. The private sector lobby group has called on political representatives to be responsible for their discourse with their supporters and the general public. At a recent JLP conference, Minister with Responsibility for Works, Everald Warmington, suggested opposition leader Mark Golding would never become the country's prime minister because of his skin color. PSOJ President Keith Duncan says he is disappointed with racially divisive comments made by Warmington. 
Duncan says the nation's political leaders have a moral responsibility to ensure an adherence to the code of conduct. He says the utterances by Minister Warmington directly contradict the political code of conduct signed by all political representatives. He added that both the prime minister and opposition leaders should take the higher ground in managing the communication of their political operatives. Listen, we, we don't need to be doing this. Politicians, really? Is this is this is how we um argue? This is how low we go. This is how low we go. I'm greatly disappointed. Disappointed with the recent racially divisive comments made by Minister Ever Warmington. These comments have no place in the Jamaican context, no, or in the past, as it is totally inconsistent with our motto out of many, one people. Statements such as these directly contradict the political code of conduct, which has been signed by all our political representatives. Our political leaders have a moral responsibility to ensure that we adhere to the code of conduct, and most importantly, provide a good example by setting the tone for a decent, inclusive, and harmonious society. Distasteful and divisive statements from either side of the political fence cannot be condoned or supported. It is our collective duty to hold each other accountable for our conduct, which no doubt can influence antisocial behaviors in society. We are encouraging both the Prime Minister and the opposition leaders to take the higher ground in the interest of managing the tone of the communication of their political operatives in line with our agreed political code of conduct. This sounds like a re-utterance of what Prime Minister um, P.J. Patterson said. So because Mark Golding is of light complexion, he'll never be Prime Minister in the country? I think there's a hello. Yeah, I'm here, O'Neill. Yeah. So, all right. So, so, wrong platform, wrong place to have that conversation. Is there an underlining? Well, there's a lot of stuff happening. I believe politically on the ground in Jamaica. So, like when I read the comments or the first story, there were people talking about. Um, Norman Manley, people talk about Buster Manti, people talk about Michael Manley um, that were I don't even know Michael Manley, ethnic, full ethnic you know, how much black him have in him, how much white him have in him or whatever, or Buster Manti, I think Buster Manti and Norman Manley mothers were black and their fathers fathers or father was black, was white, sorry um, hence Michael Manley would be mixed um, Edward Siaga, white, whether it is Syrian or whatever, white. Um, in the 1990s, when P.J. Patterson ran for prime minister in Jamaica, if you remember the, the black scandal bag comment by Edward Siaga, and then P.J. Patterson in turn says black man time. Um, that again was, was, was racial undertones. I, I think that Warmington, who is potentially, who's retiring, he said, from representational politics, I think he's provoking, one, 
a stroke among the Jamaican people because of there is a sentiment in Jamaica that is now because of the high level of have and have nots. So I think emotionally they're trying to stroke onto the fear of the black man to say, hey, white people have all the money. You know, it's the white Jamaicans that are wealthier, etc., etc. So I think it's a it's a very dangerous game that's being played. Um, I if Warmington says it, I think it's a sentiment because he also said the statement was not just about Mark not being able to become prime minister. It was also that the JLP is unbeatable, and the reason why is because technically what he's saying, we have a black leader and the PMP has a white leader. So if he's saying it that way and, and the forum in which he says it, it's 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 more, you know, sometimes it's at the tip of the iceberg. We're not seeing the rest under the water. I think this is a part of a strategy that is far more deeper than what we're seeing. And what technically they're looking to do is to move Jamaica from where we already are with colorism and classism, maybe into racism, but I yield. That's exactly what's happening. When Why are we moving backwards? Why are we moving backwards? And why are the leaders of our country moving the country backwards? Why are we doing that? That's that absolute, the, absolute power corrupts. Is, the, is that the Jamaica we want? A divided Jamaica? I never thought so. And there are many black Jamaicans that are wealthy. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. There are many black Jamaicans who sit on their money. So I don't know where they get this idea. And I'm speaking because of my, my um, experience in the banking industry in Jamaica. And what I've seen. Don't be fooled. Many of them choose to drive some old beat up car and live in a some simple house. Not all of them have them house on a hilltop. So I don't know where they get this idea from that it's only the fairer skinned or the white person in Jamaica has the money. I don't know where they get it from. But they need to stop pushing that rhetoric. There is, we talk about classism in Jamaica. We talk about colorism in Jamaica. We don't need racism in Jamaica. Can we stop putting wood? Stop taking everything on a tech from America. Una take on this foreign mentality. Jamaicans have come to this country and have turned on their own Jamaicans. Una need to stop it. Our Lego Bob Marley song because Una don't know what love is. Remember said already this week. And we have to charge the political leaders to be careful with the comments that they make. Because them have them followers who not have common sense. 
for hold them accountable and tell them girlfriend you so with them they kind of thought that we're not gonna stand for that stop divide up the country we don't need it divided more than the 14 parishes that we have we should be bridging gaps creating a one Jamaica we have an issue with people that bleach out their skin because them not feel like them worthy them not think them pretty I turn themselves in a daytime doppy them can't even go to another sun we have an issue with self-love we need to stop it and because Edward Siaga made the scandal bag comment back way back when and then because PJ Patterson made the comment way back when it has no place in 2022 learn to move forward Warmington I'm greatly disappointed that you would make that comment it shows where your mind is at When you go on social media, when you go on TikTok, and people, the Jamaicans that look like Mark Golding are being told they're not Jamaicans. But it's the same Jamaicans who want to want them to invest in a Jamaica. Make that make sense. You're telling them they're a Jamaican want to be and for Gwefran yourself, but it's the same Jamaicans who don't want to turn on and build Jamaica. Make it make sense. And comments like this only further institute a divide and I'm done speaking sins of the church is the church a safe place for women story courtesy of tntloopnews.com Sarah was 18 years old when she was forced into an arranged marriage her hope that with time she and her husband would grow to love and respect each other dissipated when I tell people I had to marry they don't understand I didn't want to but what was I supposed to do tell my parents no I couldn't do that the way we grew up we just I'm sorry hold on one second for me please folks okay when I tell people I had to marry they don't understand I don't want to but what was I supposed to do tell my parents no I couldn't do that the way we grew up we just we did what they told us to do and what they expected us to do whether we wanted to or not I didn't want to marry him he was closer to my father's age than mine he wasn't nice looking either but they told me I was going to so I just went along with it realizing that her fate was sealed Sarah was determined to make the best of the situation it was going to happen one way or another so it didn't make sense fighting it the weeks leading up to the wedding was the best part they my parents ever treated me my mother said I was doing the right thing by agreeing to marry him my younger sister would be able to go to school and my brother would get land to do some farming she said I was lucky that he chose me he you know because he would help our family Sarah told loop news that while she was terrified by the prospect of marrying a man she barely knew and who was so much older than her part of her also felt proud that she was in a position to better her family situation considering that they didn't have much the house was made out of board and galvanized there was no floor 
Well, the floor was dark. There was no electricity or running water. At the time, my husband had a few rental properties and he had vehicles on the road. People used to drive for him, run in taxi. He told my father he had plenty of land too, so I guess all that made it okay. According to Sarah, the pride that came with being able to help her family did not last long. The lick them start from the first night. I'll spare you all the details, but know, but just know that he beat me so bad. I waited until he left the next day and I went back home and that was the worst thing. My father beat me again and took me right back. The abuse continued and only got worse over time. Bruised ribs, broken bones in my arms, legs, fractures. He didn't care about scars showing and all that. I belonged to him. And even if I left, there was nowhere for me to go. My father made sure of that. My husband had money, but it was his money. I didn't have access. He went grocery shopping. His mother and sisters went to the market and stuff like that most times. He held on to the purse strings real tight. I wasn't educated, so I didn't have options. Ten years, eleven months into the marriage, Sarah was introduced to the Seventh-day Adventist church. She said for a long time the church offered some reprieve from the horrors of her daily life. It was something to do. The people were nice and they welcomed me. I was 29 years old by this time, but I didn't realize I hadn't really lived. You know what I mean? I went from a shack in Pinal with my parents and my siblings to my husband's home. The main thing was when I was home by mommy, we were always hungry. With my husband, there was always food. We had everything, all the comforts. He didn't let me go anywhere, really. My job was to cook and clean and take care of him and the children. My first taste of any freedom was when he started to get comfortable with me going to church. Sarah said the church encouraged modesty, and the women she met at church were all married and appeared to be committed to their husbands and their respective roles within the congregation. She explained that didn't leave a lot of time for any social activities that weren't directly linked to the church. He didn't go to church, and he didn't really like me taking the children, especially the boys. The women wore long skirts and spoke a lot about being dutiful wives and things like that, so he thought I could learn from them. Never gave me any trouble. I was just glad to be able to do something outside the house without him. Got baptized after some time and I was really active. Spent as much time as I could there. Volunteered for everything. Mother of three said she enjoyed the services and the sense of community that being a church member provided. I felt safe there, she said. Six months after she publicly committed her life to Christ, things changed. I told you when I started going to church, I went in deep, right? I helped the deaconesses. I helped the superintendents and cooked for church potlucks. I did any and everything. It was during these church activities, Sarah claimed, she met and interacted with the district pastor. When I first started going, he gave Bible studies. After I got baptized and started to participate in church, we kept meeting. He would explain things to me, encouraged me to open up about my past, it wasn't a secret, really, that my husband beat me. 
plenty of times people could see the scars or if I was walking with a limp or had bandages or something, people knew. Pastor was like a lifeline. He would call me at least four times a week just to check in and make sure I was okay. Sarah said she grew to depend on those calls. I'm not going to front at all. I'm telling the truth. The calls made me feel good. He was so gentle and kind and I needed that. He always checked and asked about the children and he told me about good things, you know, about myself. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a Wednesday evening. I went to the church early to air out the building and just make sure that everything was ready for service that night. Pastor got there not long after I did. He went to the back of the church while I did my stuff, wipe, don't sweep, that kind of thing. So anyway, when I was finished, I sat down on one of the benches just to relax a little bit before church. Pastor called out to me, so I walked to the back. He was in the children's area, so I went there. He asked me how I was feeling. I said I was okay. He said he wasn't as good as me and that a kiss would make him feel better. At first, I didn't believe what I heard, so I didn't say anything. But then he came closer to me and asked me if I wanted to make him feel better. What came next was a series of events that she did not anticipate. I told him, yes, I want him to feel better and suggested that he relax before the service. I tried to walk out, but he put his body in my way and he was like crowding me. I remember my heart was beating so fast. I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I know it was happening, but I couldn't believe it was happening. I was so confused. He came so close to me. His body was touching mine. I didn't have any space for the Holy Spirit. He was that close. Grabbed me from behind, put his hands on my bottom and squeezed and put his mouth on mine and kissed me all over my face. I tried to push him away, but he just kept squeezing and kissing. I remember clearly the smell and everything. It probably wasn't a long time for real, but it felt long. When he stopped, he was breathing heavily and smelling. And he says, thanks, sister. I'm feeling so much better. And then he walked out, didn't know what to do. You see, these stories, we have to be so careful when we decide to become leaders in the church. When we decide to guide folks in a world where there is so much confusion, We have to be so careful. Taking advantage of people who are already in a predicament. If you can't go to the church, then where do you go? The church is the people. It's not the building. It's the people that make up the church. And everything that is outside the church is indeed inside the church. Don't be be fooled. The church is filled with sinners just like outside the church from the priest right down. The church is filled with people battling and fighting and yearning. But you have to know that if you're going to take up the responsibility of being a leader to lead souls to Christ. Be very careful. 
be very careful. Pray harder than everybody else. Because the devil coming for you harder than everybody else. Pray very hard. Now, for those who have family members who spend them days at church 24-7, and them are hardly say, no, you need figure, you need figure, you need figure, you need figure. Raise your level of awareness is what I will ask you. And I'm not saying that those churches, that all the churches that people delved into and give 100% of their time are all like this. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is raise your level of awareness as you would with anything right I always wonder why people spend so much time at church but not my business not my business not my business yeah predators come in all forms amen shapes and sizes amen don't think just because this person professed to be a um what do you say what they always say they are to god a child of god the, a child of god right that this child of god does not have any devil in them right eyes open ears open ask for the gift of discernment all right I hope she reported him, but many churches do cover their sins, as we know with the Catholic Church, right? As we know. Another thing, moments. We have to be careful, especially as women, who we open up to. Yes. Because vulnerability for predators, that's their cue right there mm -hmm. she not getting it at home so maybe i can get it and i'll just be nice to her and make her feel good and make her feel like i'm supporting her yep they do it to children too yep yep so we say we want to be open and want to be vulnerable so you can make a connection with purse with people but sometimes, even in the story, she said it didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. She should have ran away immediately. Because yeah. I don't think it just happened that second. The feeling that he was being a little bit more forward came prior to that. But she was looking for salvation. She was looking for someone to be her friend. And you know what's sad, Javette? As things progressed, as you all can imagine what happened, do you know that the church sisters blamed her? Why do we do that to each other as women? <laughs> yeah, that's we, the other side of it. They blamed her and told her that if she had not been there, pastor would not have been tempted. Why aren't they holding the pastor responsible? You see, we do that to each other as women. We tear each other, shred each other to bits and pieces. We blame each other for the things that happened to us. Why are we doing that? It's called blaming the victim. And the world do it, especially to women. 
If we're raped, so what did you do to cause him to rape you? If we're beat, what you must have done something to cause him to beat you. Why did you make him angry? If you're murdered, Lord, she must have done something for the man killer. I wish she could have done something the man go kill her. When do women get a fair chance in life? At this point, I can only ask men to hold men accountable because they're listening. Not all of you. Not all of you. Don't get me wrong. But men, for those of you who genuinely love women, love your women, your mothers, your sisters, your aunts, your grandmother, your niece, your wife, your girlfriend, can you please be a voice for us to those who don't love us? To those who view us as property. To those who abuse us. Rape us. Molest us. Can you please advocate for us? Stand up for us. Fight for us. Too many women in the world are suffering. Suffering at the hands of men. Suffering at the hands of other women. Who put them in those situations. Because this woman ran away. She thought she could have found comfort in her home with her mother and her father. But no, she have to go back and take the abuse. Please. Rise up for us. Thank you. We're going to take a break. When we return, we have stories out of North America. Keep it locked, folks. Who them a try 
Satisfaction of every girl dream Me love to put it on, make them wriggle and scream Well, me get a call from sexy Maxine She leave a message from me inside machine She said, be it I want a dude with the wickedest slang I need a one, two, three, how a man I want a dude who would time to the fan I back Thank you to all our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone QMZRadio.com Thank you to everyone listening online on channelradio.com and definitely gotta give a big thank you to everyone with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Coming up later on today on JanoRadio.com at 2 p.m. Eastern, it is Blitz Thursday with DJ Lankimatic, followed by DJ Indu at 4 p.m. with a takeover Thursday. And then 9 p.m. Eastern, it is Musical Jarrah's with DJ Red. It's straight party vibes, so check it out, JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. Available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. We pretty girl want to meet. So tell me what's up before me hit in the streets. You see, you see, I'll be at 19. The whole of them girl, they want to be our friend. Are you me really love? Why you want it for end? You have me brains a puzzle, me can't comprehend. But then again. And kissing, so tell me, tell me, girl, why you wanna be dissing? I try to talk to you, but you're not listening. It's only natural for my love to be glistening. Baby, in my heart, I know there's something missing. Since lately, you keep on flipping. So listen, keen a little what the singer singing. I 
know what you really, really wanna do. Tell me, baby girl, if the love is really, really true. Tell me what you wanna, what you really. It is Throwback Thursday. Hashtag TBT. Right here, we're playing songs from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Go, go. Watching the road, boy, won't let you know. And moments with me, and you are locked in and listening to Coffee in Tow World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our our views and of course we have a little music to go along. Coming up after this one from Tanto Metro, it is details of stories out of North America. Metro, thank you for that one. Everyone falls in love sometimes. First up on the scene, Democrats hail young voters, Gen Z, as U.S. midterm results roll in. This story, courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Young people have been credited with helping to make a difference in several key United States midterm races as Democrats largely muted Republicans projected red wave. While control of the House of the Representative, well, House of Representatives and the Senate remained undetermined on Thursday today, yeah, as votes continue to be counted two days after Election Day, Democrats have so far celebrated their better-than-expected performance against Republicans. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, President Joe Biden hailed the contribution of the youth vote, who he said helped make the election a good day and i'm especially wanting to thank the young people of this nation he said who i'm told i haven't seen the numbers yet voted in historic numbers again and just as they did two years ago they voted to continue addressing the climate crisis gun violence their personal rights and freedoms and the student debt relief he also referenced maxwell alejandro frost who at 25 years became the first member of Generation Z. And of course, we're going to jump into that story. Thank you, uh, Javette, for sending this one over. We're going to meet Maxwell Forrest. Exactly. Who is he? All right. So let's talk about him for a little bit. At the age of 25, Democrat Maxwell Frost, I'm sorry, I said Forrest, right? Frost, made history Tuesday night when he became the first member of Gen Z to be elected to U.S. Congress. Frost, a social justice advocate, won his election bid against Republican Army veteran Calvin Wimbish to represent the Sunshine State, that's Florida, uh, 10th Congressional District in Central Florida, which includes the University of Central Florida, Winter Park, and Orlando. Running in a district generally <laughs> <Okay>. won, <laughs> running in a district generally won by his party. Are you hearing me? You're in the matrix. They don't want me talking about this one. I'm convinced. Am I back? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me any clearly? We're hearing you, but you're in the matrix. 
Okay. Javed said. Javed said. Shift the antenna. Shift the antenna. Yeah, Javed <laughs> said. I need to get rid of Nicole. <laughs> I need to get rid of AT and T fiber. This fiber. Not no go so. <laughs> oh boy. Cup on that one. AT&T fiber makes no sense, quite frankly. It's a waste of time. I don't okay, know. I hear you now. You can hear me, but you're going to lose me again because it's in and out. It's in and out. So I'm going to keep chopping up. So, Javette, I know you send the article. If you're hearing me, you send the article to me. I don't know if you all want to go ahead and talk about it. Maxwell Frost, the first of his generation elected to Congress. Do I want to talk about it or go ahead, go it, ahead. pin it to the yeah. room? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I can I can pin it for you. You can go ahead and talk about it because I'm going to be choppy. I'm letting you know. You sounding real good right now. Oh, I'm sounding good. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, Prezi, I agree with you. It's not fiber. It's copper. I don't know what the heck this is. Um, I remember when I had Xfinity, it was worse, but I thought this would have been better. And this is a first world country. Kind of sounds like when I'm talking to my mom in Jamaica, she has fiber there. Um, and it's the same thing. She says it's worse than when they had the regular wired service. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're coming in now. I heard everything. You, we heard everything you said. Okay, good. All right. So Gen Z, age 25, Democrat Maxwell Frost made history Tuesday night when he became the first member of the Gen Z group to be elected to the U.S. Congress. Okay, so he's a social justice advocate, won his election bid against Republican Army veteran Calvin Wimbish to represent the Sunshine State's 10th Congressional District in Central Florida, which includes the University of Central Florida, Winter Park, and Orlando. Running in a district generally won by his party, Frost was favored to win the Orlando-based seat. History was made tonight he said that's what he posted on instagram we made history for floridians for gen z and for everyone who believes we deserve a better future i am beyond thankful for the opportunity to represent my home in the united states congress the young african-americans victory marks a crucial moment for the progressive activist who came out of voting age over the past decade, known for voicing his political stance on issues including gun violence and LGBTQ rights. Well, who is he? Let, let's talk about him, because I'm sure everybody wants to know who this young man is. Uh, hold on one second. One second here. I'm getting a red bar, so I hope you all still hearing me. We're still hearing okay, you. Okay, good, good. The minute you're not, let me know. So, Frost was born January 17, 1997 to a Puerto Rican woman and a Haitian man. According to his campaign page, his biological mother had seven children and battled a cycle of drugs, crime, and violence. Adopted as an infant, his adoptive mother and his grandmother came to Florida from Cuba in the early 1960s during the freedom flights with only a suitcase and no money, the bio reads. As a young man, Frost said, he experienced police abuse firsthand and watched his community ravaged by gun violence. And I've experienced how working people and 
people of color are unjustly marginalized and left behind in our society. Frost was active in Barack Obama's 2012 presidential campaign. That same year, he became a gun control activist after the mass shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. He's an American Civil Liberties Union activist and also served as the national organizing director for March of Our Lives, a group that advocates for gun control policy. In June, he confronted uh, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis at an event over his Second Amendment views. I just asked Governor Ron DeSantis to take action on gun violence so we can save lives. Frost tweeted after the Mass Uvalde, Texas shooting, that we lose 100 people a day. His response, nobody wants to hear from you. We are dying, and that's the response we get from our governor, who is too busy helping Rubin Report make money. Hmm. Frost won his party's nomination for U.S. House in Florida's 10th Congressional District and defeated nine other Democrats, including State Senator Randolph Bracey and former U.S. Representatives Corrine Brown and Alan Grayson. The seat became open when Democrat Val Demings decided to run for Senate against Rep- Republican Marco Rubio. So what did he campaign on? Frost com- campaigned on progressive issues, including Medicare for All, an end to gun violence, transforming the criminal justice system, and an end to climate crisis. He also supports progressive policies, including work on the new, the Green New Deal. A professed LGBTQ ally, Frost has attended pride parades, including one last month in Orlando. He raised more than $2.5 million, a majority from small individual contributions, just over 56%. He was endorsed by names including Senators Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Ed Markley, Markey, along with Reverend Jesse Jackson, as well as the Congressional Progressive Caucus. How much did he win by? Well, as of Wednesday morning, Frost received more than 59% of the votes with 99% of all ballots counted in the Florida District 10. According to results, Frost garnered 117,745 votes, while Democratic gubernatorial um, yeah, nominee Wimbush secured just about 39% of the votes. Are we going to support this young man? And are we going to show our children? Now, when I say our children, I mean our youth, that it can be done. I said this the other day. We have enough entertainers. And I was echoing the comments made by someone on TikTok, not someone, many folks on TikTok from the black community who are saying we have enough entertainers. And those entertainers are the actors, actresses, um, musicians, rappers, singers, basketball players, and football players. We don't need any more entertainers they're all puppets on strings they have to do what they're told by someone else and they have to keep entertaining what we need are young people who can get up and share their bright ideas clean out clean out the house we have to retire the people who have been sitting there for 20 30 40 years like 
as if they're statues. And yes, we do need people with experience, but they can't be the majority because they're stuck in their old ways. So we need more Maxwell Frosts. Yes, we need more to get in there and do the work that is needed to change the trajectory of this country. This country is tarnished. Our image is tarnished. And I'm done speaking. Just about every day on this, in this room, we speak about um, engaging our youth with the mindset to get away from sports and entertainment. And I think this is a huge start. And I congratulate the young man. And as far as experience is concerned, you can only get experience when you're in certain jobs. So don't let lack of experience of being within these political parties be a stopper, I feel, for anyone. Right. Right. Sometimes you have to just jump into jump into it in order to gain the experience or follow someone in order to gain the experience. Volunteer as this young man has done throughout his time. Yes. To gain the experience and I'm just, I mean, 25 years old, that's when you can actually run for these seats. So all you other young people out there, go for it. Yes. Yes. Wake up, people. Encourage our young people. Especially those who like to argue, right? <laughs> We know they can put up a good debate for you to convince, for them to convince you as to why they need to go here or do this or do that. Let us channel that energy into good for the community at large. Javette, thank you very much for sending this one over and highlighting. And we look forward to more Maxwell Frosts coming up. There's something that is said. It's a statement that is used quite too often in our community. Why? I don't know. Oh, that will never happen. Oh, that will never come to pass. Oh, can we stop? I'm not saying anything is easy. We will have challenges, but we have determination as well. And we can use said determination to overcome. The Rome wasn't built in a day, folks. It wasn't. Nothing happens overnight, but we just keep chipping away and chipping away and one day the wall will come down and we will be able to erect the structures that need to be in place. But we cannot give up hope. We cannot. Steadfast we must be in our beliefs. Stand on our convictions. All right. I just want to say, you know, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Marlon. This is just a, a start to change. Yes. So we have to start somewhere. And it just seems like this is a start. 
where where I've been looking for. So I hope he's you know he stands his ground and you know, as you as you said, you know, your other young people follow the footstep and you know just keep going. You know, and I hope he's you know he go in there and do his thing and um, make a lot of changes. You know, and get rid of some of these graveyard people out of there. You know, but um, I'm happy for him. And hope for the other young people follow the footstep. Yes. Yes. Encourage your young people to volunteer, as Javette said. Get out there. Get active. Make themselves known. Keep a record. And we, o- we don't only need them at the forefront. We also need them behind the scenes, right? Because you need a team behind you. You need a team of people who are driven, motivated, and want to see that change and will pound the pavement with you to accomplish that dream. It's not over. Go you ahead, Marlon. just have to stand his ground as well because um, it's not going to be easy for him. So he's going to need a lot of supporters to, you know, people to encourage him, push him, because he's still young and he has a lot to learn. You know, and these old heads in there or go trying to sway him in the wrong way. He just have to stand his ground and do his thing. Eventually, you know, he will get it. So he's going to need a lot of support, not just from everybody, family, friends, you know, people in the party. He's, he's going to need it. Um, that's, that's, that's how he's going to make it the right way and succeed. So, yeah. Thank you, Marlon. And again, thank you, Javette. U.S. midterm results, where where things stand in the House and Senate races. More than 24 hours after polls closed in the U.S. midterm elections, several key questions remain unanswered. Most importantly, which party will control the House of Representatives and the Senate? While Republicans are still favored to take the 435-seat House, Although likely with a smaller margin than they had projected, the Senate still remains a toss-up. For both chambers, a handful of yet-to-be-called races will decide control. As of this morning, 184 seats were called in the Democrats' favor, with 207 called for the Republicans. A party needs to reach 218 seats to control the chamber. In the Senate... 48 seats have been called for Democrats and 49 for Republicans, leaving just three races outstanding. Democrats need to reach 40 seats to have a majority because the vice president serves as a tiebreaker in the chamber. Several other key state-level races still remain undetermined. And here are the things. Here are where things stand as of this morning. All right, Senate. All eyes have turned to Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia, which will determine the control of the state. In Arizona, Democrat Mark Kelly was leading slightly against Republican challenger Blake Masters, but hundreds of thousands of ballots still needed to be counted. Election officials have said the tally could go through to Friday. Nevada? Republican Adam Laxalt in Nevada was leading the state's Democratic Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, but state election officials have said tens of thousands of mail-in votes were still to be counted. 
mail-in ballots have historically been favored by Democrats, raising the possibility they could still pull out a victory. Now, Georgia. If Democrats win only one of the two races in Nevada and Arizona, the runoff election on December will decide control of the Senate. Neither Democratic candidate Raphael Warnock or Republican challenger Herschel Walker broke the 50% threshold needed in the state to win the election outright on Tuesday. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So that's what it is for the Senate, folks. So let's talk about the House. 44 House seats remain uncalled, with races spread across Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, and Washington. So, we have a way to go. In state and local races, significant gubernatorial... Am I saying the word right? Why am I feeling like I'm stuttering over this word? Gubernatorial. You know what? (laughs) I got it though. Significant gubernatorial races in Arizona, Nevada, and Oregon had also not been called as of this morning. So, right now, I think our major concern is what's happening. For those who don't know, let's talk about what is a runoff election for a little bit. So let's break down what is happening in the beautiful state of, what's that state? Georgia. Georgia. What's going on up there, Prezi and Rosolo? We need Prezi and Rosolo <laughs> to talk to us. What's going Ooh, on? Is Prezi here? Um, Prezi is in the building. Prezi is here. Prezi is in the building. Um, you know, I, I've been quiet <laughs> for the past few days. I, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you look at the numbers, Raphael Warnock won, and I get you know he needs the fifty percent. So, if the people who sat and thought, and, and this is how it was broken down, there are a lot of people that went out for um, early voting. Um, and based on that, you know, we were up a little bit and everybody was excited. And I think that people got lax. And so on voting day, a lot, there were a lot, um, there were more uh, Republican votes and that brought Herschel up a lot. So uh, my thing is just we, on December 6th, we have until December 6th to get these people out to the polls. And that's what we plan on doing. You know, I've already spoken to, you know, Donna McLeod and the representatives that I know here. We're going to start our lives. We're going to speak to there. I will say something that happened that was very exciting here in Georgia. We had five Nigerians run for House um, seats in the Georgia House of Representatives, and all five of the gentlemen won. And so, um, <laughs> so I'll be going live with them um, in a couple of days. We're going to find a spot and we're going to do a show. And we're going to go live and we're going to speak to them. Um, one of them is also, he's half, um, Nigerian, half, where's he from? St. Vincent, St. Vincent. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just now we just do our due diligence till the sixth and get everyone to the polls. The ones that we, they thought their vote didn't matter. Um, we go into the colleges and make sure these students who can vote know they understand that they have a vote and they have a voice. We see that by the, the, the various Gen Z's that were voted in, um, over the past election. So we, we, we just have to do our due diligence. I'm not worried. Herschel Walker is not going to be in the Senate. That's not gonna <laughs> Please. Happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It won't happen. But, Rosolo, I, I have a question for you. What about that demographic of the black men in Georgia? How are the, the Democrats going to tackle that demographic? 
I don't know. I don't know. I have to speak with Donna and, and Stacey in that group more when I get into those meetings. Yes, like to meetings with Stacey Abrams. I'm so excited. Um, but um, <laughs> I have to speak with them more about how we're going to attack it. Because here's the thing. Um, Fabian made a great point yesterday. Herschel Walker is a Georgia elite. You know, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's a football player. And we're down here in the South where when we say we're going to black out football, it means we're only going to wear black shirts to the, to the, to the games, right? It's right. not really a blackout. So to your point, that's a key focus, how we're going to approach them. I have no earthly idea. I'd love to hear more from the, the gentleman, the Nigerian gentleman that um, I'm going to speak with and a lot more of the male representatives here in Georgia, the Austins and those people. Um, because that's that's the key right there for me. And the, the women. <laughs> oh, the women who voted just red just because they're Republicans. Just right. voted red down the, the, the um, board. Because even Janice, who was running for um, Georgia Insurance Commissioner, who had the 20 years of experience and the person she ran against had no experience, um, Janice lost. So... We have work to do down here. We have work to do down here. I will keep you posted, but right now I really don't know. I just, I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to just attend the meetings. And as I attend the meetings, I will share with everyone um, what I find out. And my part is, you know, promoted on media and I will promote it on my platforms and do as many lives and interviews and everything I need to do to ensure that, that we get the votes on the 6th. Perfect. Thank you, Rosolo. And I just have one more thing before we head on over to Prezi. Um, what are the issues that Georgia voters want addressed, especially within the black community with the Gen Zs? What are the major issues? What would you say are the major issues that we can use to fight this battle up there? Since Prezi is closer to that generation, I am going to defer to him. As I always do when um, the smarter person <laughs> speaks, you know how I feel about Prezi already. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I may may say I'm living my in my twenties, but and thirties, but they're really doing it. So, Prezi, I defer to you. <laughs> Prezi, come to you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us, Prezi. Talk to us. What's up? That's, that's the wild number one Fling it, not yeah, even that. Always, just yeah. fling it, fling it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, 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 repeat the question again. Um, so, my uh, question is: How are we going to move the demographic as it relates to the black community? What are the issues that they want to have um, dealt with? What are you know? What are they talking about that are of concern to them? And how are we going to reach that community to encourage them to get out there and vote? Now, before you even answer, I'll say this. So. I remember a couple of days ago, one concern that was raised was that the black man doesn't want to answer to the black woman. Hence the reason why they did not come out for Stacey Abrams as we expected. So now that Stacey's out the picture, so to speak, and they have Raphael, how are we going to motivate them now to get out there and vote? And before President speaks, President, let me say this, because yesterday it was that, you know, Herschel Walker is Georgia elite, but Raphael Warnock, has been in Georgia for a very long time and is established and has a footprint here as well. So there's that. But go ahead, Prezi, sorry. Um so just just I guess just in understanding just just Georgia in itself. Um and I, I well I'm going to speak to the I guess the younger generation or well younger generation meaning within my age group and possibly uh, a little younger. Um, 
I think, you know, the I think Stacey Abrams, from my perspective, has done, um, I mean, she has done an immaculate job in terms of really reaching the younger um, population, younger black population. Um, and to be honest, I think she, 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 I think she, she did her due diligence where, where that was concerned. Um, the, so, so when you look at, say, for example, the, I guess the leftovers are the others that, you know, probably either one, they don't necessarily have an interest or have a vested interest in trying to understand, you know, just, you know, just politics in general, because based on my understanding, you know, a lot of, I guess a lot of the younger generation, they kind of see more more a bit more complex than you know simple for the most part and what i like with abrams is that you know she makes it she makes it very she makes it very simple for for most you know for the sim for 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 um for the average individual um and i know even like you know a few individuals that you know have have been on have been on her campaign personally um you know and she has been she she, she basically makes sure that you know she has you know a lot of young people around her right and i think she used that to her advantage you know to gain that momentum to basically drive you know a lot of awareness and so on for the younger population in georgia um so in terms of you know just the the issue in trying to you know get the others to come out or try to get others to you know to to, to be on that same wavelength um i think you know, for the most part, it's you know from what from from what I've seen and my understanding is just I guess for some it's just a lack of interest. You know, um, you know for most you know politics for them you know it's it's not necessarily. Um, I would say you know there's no interest there for them. You follow what I'm saying? You know, it's 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 like you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't add any value for them. Right, so there's no interest for them. There's no interest for them to say, okay, now yeah, I'm going to get up and go and vote because at the end of the day, you know, some may just be comfortable with where they are. You understand? They just maybe, I mean, just just literally, you know, that this is just where 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 it is for them. You know, um, and I think when it comes to that, when you're looking at it from that perspective, you know, it's a bit harder to kind of you know um try and find ways to say all right you know how is it that you're going to try and address something like that right um because then you know you may pull out all all the work you may pull out everything just as as abrams had, um, had done you know she literally pulled out as much as she could right but again you know it's just an interest for some some people just don't have an interest in politics don't have an interest in really who win are are who lose they just don't have an interest their interest is just you know just living life you understand politics right. is not that uh, politics is not um you know the, the issues the day-to-day issues is not uh by, uh an interest for them you, you follow what i'm saying so you will get the the few that will you know well so say for example i remember abrams went um she 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 i saw i saw a video of her going on i don't remember is who somebody had a concert in Atlanta, um, a popular entertainer, right? I, you know, I mean, she invited Abrams on the stage and, you know, Abrams came on the stage and, you know, say, you know, you know, basically, me, you know, made her pitch, right? But, you know, in listening to her pitch, right, and seeing the reaction from the crowd, 
you could really tell that some of them they really were not interested in what she was saying. For the I Avida, mean, it sounds it sounds it sounds it sounds it sounds sad, but you could really look at the face and realize that they never have no interest. They really just wanted to get back to um the concert. So disconnect. You know? Right. You know, so 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 there is where you know is you're really fighting against something that you know is it, it, it's 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 a, it's a very tough challenge, um especially when it comes to certain politicians that really want to you know try trying to get to the way you you consider them the last in a sense mm-hmm. and let them understand that you know these are the issues that we're fighting for and so on and so on and so on so so that's my. Um, um, that's my take on it, and that's my kind of my, my understanding and interpretation. You know, just based on those that are you know that that are around me in Atlanta, and you know, just my understanding of just how they, for the most part, kind of um, kind of see politics and you know see these issues. Again, you know, some of them they just do have an interest in it, and that's pretty much just it. So let me ask a question, Prezi. When we're campaigning out there and trying to garner attention and garner votes. Are we um, connecting with them based on their experiences? Meaning, are we having those town halls or those community meetings where we're listening to the things that they think will affect them in immediate, um, the short term, or in the long term, say 5, 10, 15 years? Are we asking them questions and how they feel about issues that affect their parents and how it's going to affect them ultimately seeing that they're going to be their parents caregivers in the mm-hmm. future are we having those kinds of conversations with them the con- the, the conversations are, are 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 i mean I, 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 I don't want to say that we those conversations has been had you know in some of these town hall meetings um you know I, 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 I really don't know if i can really speak to that in the sense where to say you know you know some of the, the the context of these town hall meetings. You know to, to re, kind of basically, you know having like a one on one with the with these individuals. Um, you know I can't really speak much on that in a sense, but and that is a that is a that is a fair point. Meaning to say, for example, it's not gen- generally about you know politics when you have these meetings, but it's more so you you're trying to create like a connection. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you know, with the with with you know with the younger generation, just uh, just like essentially because I mean, you know, one thing you know, you can essentially try and have these elaborate campaigns and you know just these um, you know try to to try and pull them in, but for some for for most of them, it's just entertainment, you know. So when they have these campaigns, or say for example these um different events that you know they have they bring out the artists and they bring out you know the different entertainers and so on you know for they see it as entertainment right mm. so 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 the thing about it is that you know where 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 i think you know some of some of the the, the, the politician and some of their political advisors and directors may probably you know when they see the numbers they're thinking these are numbers that are coming out to vote but if i see a headline that says hey you know there's going to be um you know, just using, you know, Chris Brown or, you know, I don't know, some other popular entertainers or basketball players or whatever is going to be at this event. For them, it's just for them to come and, you know, um, uh, come and come and see their favorite celebrities or whatnot. But again, you know, that that's not converting into votes. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that is that is 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 one of the the the, the, the bigger 
the bigger issues um you know and even though with abrams i realized what she did a lot and it, and it, and, it, and it, for me my interpretation of it you know it it may it may be it may work against her and it may work for her right mm-hmm. you know where she had all the, the she had a good amount of entertainers that endorsed her right she had the lebron james she had you know the luda chris she had a very good amount of entertainers that endorsed her high 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 level entertainers right but you know the thing is yeah the thing is are those entity endorsement converting to votes votes yeah right because then you know you may yeah you may have an endorsement by lebron james but at the same time you know i mean what you know it, it, it for me when i look at the numbers in terms of the, the turnout and in terms of just you know the the the, the counties that she actually won I'm saying, you know, it, it didn't seem as if the, those endorsements really worked in her favor in terms of converting certain red states to to blue. But let me right? ask you a question, President. Do we want those endorsements now with what's going on, especially um, with the whole Kanye situation and Kyrie Irving? And there is a divide right now because there's a backlash, for example, with, you know, these athletes for not standing up so is that an endorsement do we want to recognize or highlight those endorsements as we go into the runoff and that's a fair point because you know with, with the controversy the controversies behind the endorsement and the thing about it is the fact that republicans are not as sensitive <laughs> as democrats needed <laughs> you know we're when they look at herschel walker with all the controversies controversial issues that's behind him you know, the Democrats still go out and vote, right? Yeah. I mean, not the, the Democrats, Repu- the, Republic- the Republicans, Republicans yeah. still go out and vote. So when you look at, you no, know, on the flip side, you know, Democrats, you know, I would say, you know, you know, they're very, I, I, I don't want to use the word sensitive, but they're very, um, <laughs> they're very keen on, 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 on certain things. And, you know, they, you know, they, 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 they're very meticulous when it comes to certain things and are pickier or whatever you mean. As, as what Dre, Dre said yesterday, they're too elite. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, uh, so, you know, with that, no, you know, you have, when you have an endorsement by, you know, LeBron James, you know, is that going to work for you based on, you know, what, you know, what may be happening? Because, you know, again, you, you have the different, you know, commentaries about, you know, him, you know, against Kyrie Irving and all of that. So, you know, so there's a lot that, 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 that plays a factor in terms of when you have all of these big endorsements and how is it going to work, you know, in your favor when it comes to the campaigning. So, all right. so yeah. Thank you so much, Percy. Thank you, Rosolo. I know, Javette, you wanted to say something. Please go right ahead, Javette. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, one thing I noticed about those endorsements now versus back in the day, when I was younger and getting into politics, those same people that endorsed the candidate on the day of voting, they actually came out and had news crews following them or they posted, you know, pictures saying I voted today. I'm not seeing that today Mm. after out of these a lot of people endorse other people. Hmm. I'm not going to even leave it at entertainers. I mean, like legitimately back in the day, anyone that came out and endorsed, um, why I lost the word, sorry, <laughs> but sorry. Um, endorsed uh, a candidate, uh-huh. 
and I'm talking about back in the day, New York, that same night or in that same area, you saw that person at the poll. Mm. He mm. came out and showed you that he voted. We didn't have stickers back in the day. Like now you have the little sticker that say, I voted, you can post on Instagram. That makes it even easier. You don't even have to go back to where, you know, this get together happened. And I'm not really seeing that. How do I know that LeBron James really voted? How do I know that, you know, whoever else came out endorsed somebody really voted? I so agree. that's just something I was thinking about the other day. Public relations. I get it. Makes sense. Makes sense. But could it be, Javette, that they are hesitant to go and do that because they don't want it to look as though they're trying to sway the people who are in the line? Could that be kind of like not wanting them to serve water or food in the lines in Georgia? But you already came out and endorsed. True. That's true. Facts. That's true. And and their job is to sway the people in the line. That is true. Their job is to, remember, you used to go to the polls and you saw the people with the, with the um, signs, you know, for the people yes. they're, they're endorsing. So that their job is to endorse the people. That That's their job. If you're yeah. going to endorse them, do it all the way to the very end. To the very end. Rosolo, you did send over a, a message in the back channel. You want to highlight them? The top sure. 11 on, issues me... in Georgia? Top 11 issues in Georgia. So I did some research and here we go. Oh my gosh, you want me to read now. Affordable housing, access to health care, immigration, economy, high cost of living, quote unquote inflation, threats to the democracy, crime, abortion, guns, the Supreme Court, and education. Those are the top 11 issues Georgians have right now. And if we were to pick three, what would be the top three out of that list? Mine? Crime. Right. <laughs> crime okay here in georgia crime, crime number one guns. number two guns okay guns. and inflation. then inflation inflation me yeah would you agree abortion Brazil? abortion is up there for me but i mean yeah. inflation is bad yeah yeah man i'd agree 100 percent, especially mm -hmm. with the crime i mean yeah it just it just it just literally just just kind of continue to escalate and escalate and escalate and it just don't seem as if you know and anything about it is like it continues to migrate yeah so it's like you're thinking that it's just within atlanta then it just continues to migrate to the different neighboring um cities and you know and it's like it just seem as if you know it just not it literally have no control so yeah that's definitely number one all right, one more minute and we can wrap up on this one. So uh, we have to mobilize the troops, right? The work starts. Look at it as though you're starting now. Um, can I say something quickly, Michelle? Yes, yes, 30 seconds, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so no, just uh, I read an article yesterday that said the you can't blame the black people for the, the last vote for Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. um, the Hispanic the turnout of Hispanic voters was very high and they all vote in favor of a Republican. They're saying that could have been the clincher. Oh. All right, let's talk about it. When we return, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk some more about the showdown. That's what it is right now as we hold our breaths to see what's going to happen with the Senate. Oh, oh, baby, I don't know my lady, I don't know she baby, yeah. 
Sometimes I wonder how I'll ever make it to To this world with a half a new I just don't have a clue And sometimes it seems that this world closes ahead of me And there's no way of breaking free And then I see you reach for me Sometimes I want to give up, I want to give in I want to quit the fight And then I see you baby And everything's alright And everything's alright When I see you smile I can face the world Oh, you know I can do anything When I see you smile I see your rings of life Oh, I see you shining right through the way now When I see you smile Oh girl, baby when I see you smile ever do, the touch of your hands can do, it's like nothing that I ever need, yeah, and when the rain is falling, I can feel it, that you're here with me now, I want to ask you baby, if everything's alright, if everything's alright, when I see you smile, I can face the world, oh, you know I can do anything. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for that quality music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Station, go report, go tell the police, me a carry him, go a coat. Cause him can't make love, him uncle make joke. She said me what a man who no rough and coast. She want a man to move her from pillar to post. Mmm, and she want a man in her life. A man fi make she feel nice, you hear? Ah boy, she want fi feel nice. So she said fi miss a tweet, alright. What me say? Miss a tweet nice, they a fi the girl dem. Tweet nice already as she come back again. Miss a tweet nice, they a fi the girl dem. Nice already as she come back again In her life she want a road boy To give her happiness and plenty of joy Real stuff she want, just be enjoy That's why the general she have to employ In her life she don't want not to die That's why she want a man who is responsible She want to give the general the land title Just because she want it we got a request to pull up this one. Here we go. General degree, Mr. Do It Nice. Man, she want a man in her life She sent for me Sadwin nice, you hear? Ah boy, she want to feel nice So she sent for me Sadwin, alright What me say? Me Sadwin nice, they have the girl them Tweet nice already as she come back again Me Sadwin nice, they have the girl them Tweet nice already as she come back again Kiss her on her lips and she started to float The way she feel like she start to climb smoke She start get wild and grab her palm and choke She start feel high like man when 
take coke But she a girl but with you not love She say I miss she love and she start take out So what to your man and she said that they goat I you see them me go a station go report Go tell the police me a carry him go a coat Cause him can't make love him uncle make joke She say me want a man who no rough and coast She want a man to move her from pillar to post mm, And she want a man in her life A man fi make she feel nice you hear Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Couldn't do it without you. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Iowa teen who killed her alleged rapist. She's back in custody after escaping from the probation center. We also have business and tech news, health and science news, sports. Believe it or not, we have a lot left to cover. Let's see if we can work magic today. Also, some entertainment news. All right, Nada Ranks, thank you for this one. Dema Bleach, please don't bleach out your skin, woman. You're too gorgeous for that. Don't do that. All right, so, O'Neill, before we went to the break, you were talking about an article that you were reading. You want to go ahead and continue? Yeah, no, I was just saying that um, I, I, was gonna, I was looking back to see if I found it. The article was speaking to Stacey Abrams um, and what has happened in the last election and this election. And it pretty much is saying that we can stop blaming black men for her loss. Um, and it was focusing on the Latino, um, Hispanic demographic vote, mm -hmm. which 46 or 47% of that went for Kemp. Um, and the fact that the Democratic Party has been focusing on a Latino vote without recognizing that the Latino vote is always going to go Republic, Republican. Um, so if you look at it from 
Florida up through to Georgia, um, even in Texas, the, the Latino vote trends Republican. And um, I think Kemp being, he was, Kemp was not as polarized as a Republican because I guess he had the famous Donald Trump against him because he stood up, that whole thing of him standing up to to Donald Trump with the re, the loss of election lie or stolen election lie. Um, he's seen as a moderate. Uh, there's and, and also the whole economic of it that says most people think voting democratic. If you're if you're if you're a business person or etc. The Republican Party has a better traction in terms of how well you do in a Republican government. All of that. But the key factor was the Latino vote. They said that turned out in high numbers supporting Kemp. Mm, okay. All right. Thank you so much. Um, and as you were speaking, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Who? I actually, want, I actually want to know where did that rhetoric come from? That if you're a business owner, the Republicans look out for you more than a Democrat. I, I find that kind of asinine. Um, because are you saying that Democrats don't want to be able to take care of their family? It doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, I don't think it's that. You have to look at the tax break for the wealthy. The tax breaks. So it's it's what the Democratic Party, the right wing, they they are very heavy on breaks to the wealthy, business breaks. So it's not that. Like the lady said in the in the in, when Anthony Miller was interviewing yes, earlier, she benefits. She said I benefit more, and I'm, I mean I've spoken to, and it's not it's not a Trump thing; it's it's a Republican thing. I've I've had conversation with, with with with. I remember when Trump won and he did that first tax break, and I was speaking to this gentleman down here in Florida, and he was like, "Oh, we're celebrating; we have more money in our pockets. We're keeping back more money, so we have more money to spend." <laughs> you know. It's, it's, it's a different conversation. But you know who else oh. said it to? T.I. said it to. T.I. said that he benefits from the Republicans being in. He don't He don't support them, but he benefits from them. Go ahead, Javette. Sorry. So they can keep their money and the poor people have to use their money to benefit them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You see, Javette, the thing is, people are more concerned with their pockets than with morals. Unfortunately, we're a selfish people. We've spoken about that several times. I don't really care about you. You don't really care about me. What I care about is how my bank account is going to look. And I would rather have my money and you perish. That's unfortunately how it is. Sad. There are a lot of Democrats who are wealthy, who benefit when the Republicans are on the other side. I tell you. So what that tells me or what it should tell the Democrats is, come on now, what do you plan to do about it? I mean, I don't really think it's balance, right? You can't have everybody doing the same thing. So, like for example, in Jamaica, if you if you look at PMP GLP, you'd realize that the PMP party over the years was more the social party that is always that is said to look out for the poor could be semantics but if you look at the semantics. 70s now if you look at the 70s in terms of 
um, the policies of the People's National Party in the 70s was favorable to poor people, black people. Um, Jamal, Bastard and again, equal pay for women, da, da 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 all of those policies. So let's look at it from a policy standpoint, right? Um, it is said that the GLP is favorable to the wealthy, right? Um, as in the only period of time that the, 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 the PP and PMP had a very strong fiscal policy was between 2010 or 2011 and 2016 um, when Jamaica faced a very high austerity under the PMP. Um, that was when the country was said to be broke in 2010, 2011. And actually, um, that is actually... if history you know if you check it that is when the economy actually got so solid that um even that what was created was 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 emulated by the imf and recommended to other countries around the world that epoch thing that was created that w that was something that the jamaican government at the time created now so when you look at it now in jamaica um the opposition and the and the, and the government, they are no different in terms of policies. You have a you have you have a capitalist running the PMP. Let, let's let's face it, Mark Bulling is not a socialist; he's a capitalist. I mean, he is maybe one of the the biggest capitalists in the country. I mean, from track record, the banking system, owning a bank, owning proven, you know. All of his fiscal policies that he would have, if you look at his business acumen, you'll see it shining through in terms of how he views, right? And it, it comes out in the rhetoric too. So now you have in Jamaica, you have two parties that you can't really tell the difference. There's no real stark difference between, if, if you swap, the only thing you may swap, if you swap jail for PMP, you may have less corruption, and who knows, because both of them have corruption over time, right? It, I think it's the same thing in the U.S. I said that to say in the United States, you have to, the Democratic Party um, is left-leaning, and left-leaning governments are normally more about social policies, um, the, the, the stronger helping the weaker, etc., the, the, the capital right-wing policies is about the fittest of the fittest will survive and the wealthy will trickle down. If I am wealthy and I have a business, I can employ more people. Um, all of that now comes with whether or not you're paying livable wages or, or good wages, right, yeah. etc. So I don't think the Democrats can really do anything okay. but be themselves. All right, so we got to keep it moving. Thank you all so much for your input. Uh, next up, 14-year-old boy held in fatal Seattle school shooting. This story courtesy of the Associated Press. A judge on Wednesday ordered a 14-year-old boy arrested in a fatal shooting at a Seattle high school to remain in custody pending a charging decision by prosecutors. A 15-year-old boy, who police say was with him when he was arrested, had a handgun in his backpack possibly the weapon used in the shooting, was also ordered detained. Both boys had initial court appearances on Wednesday, one day after the shooting at Ingraham High School left a student dead. Police arrested the pair on a public bus about an hour after the shooting. Judge Avril Rothrock of the Juvenile Division of King County Superior Court found probable cause to detain the 14-year-old for investigation of first-degree murder, unlawful possession of a gun, and possession of a dangerous weapon at school.
Rothrock found probable cause to detain the 15-year-old for unlawful possession of a firearm as well as rendering criminal assistance. The Associated Press is not naming the boys because of their age and because they have not yet been charged. The King County Prosecutor's Office said it cannot file charges before it receives additional documentation from the Seattle Police Department. The deadline for filing charges is Monday. No previous cases for the 14-year-old nor the 15-year-old have been referred to the King County Prosecutor, spokesman Casey McNerthney, and uh, on Wednesday. Authorities have not released the name of the student that was killed on Tuesday. Superintendent Brent Jones said the shooting seemed to be a targeted attack. Multiple students witnessed the shooting, police said. Classes at Ingraham were cancelled on Wednesday. Other nearby schools had modified lockdowns all day with a heavy police presence and after-school events cancelled. According to the K-12 school shooting database, an independent nonpartisan research project, there have been 272 gun-related incidents at schools in the United States this year, including cases where a gun is brandished, shot, or a bullet hits school property. Those include the May 24 shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, that killed the 19 children and two adults. Where are these young children getting these guns from? 14 and 15 years old. Going to school and shooting and killing someone with intent? So what's going to happen when they get to 25? Now, do we hold the parents responsible? I know we've had this conversation months back. Are we checking our children's backpacks? Not to say they can't hide the weapon somewhere else, not to say that, but are we at least doing due diligence before our children walk out the home? So, or are we so caught up that we don't even bother? Another senseless killing at a school emotional trauma the psychological trauma that the other students who witnessed the shooting had to endure we, we spoke about emotional intelligence and and um conflict resolution just this week was it this week or last week we spoke about it we seem like eh? seems like every day you're absolutely right javette what are we going to do to get through to our young people to have them understand that this is not the way to go? This is not how you resolve issues by taking out someone's life. It is so sad that they saw that as the only way and that they went to whatever, went through the, the, the um, whatever, had to do whatever they had to do, sorry, to get the, the weapon. Where does a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old get a gun? Who gives them that gun? If not, if they're not taking it from their parents' home, where are they sourcing these guns from? How much did it cost them? The guns and the bullets. Because you got to buy the ammunition, right? And they say we don't have a problem with guns in this country. Oh, well.
The Iowa teen who killed her alleged rapist is back in custody after escaping from probation center. Piper Lewis, a teen- teenager who drew national attention after being charged with killing her rapist, is back in custody after escaping an Iowa Department of Corrections facility a few days earlier. The 18-year-old escaped from a women's residential facility after she allegedly cut her required GPS-enabled tracking device in her room before escaping. Lewis was found in Des Moines on Tuesday and is currently being held at the Polk County Jail. The teen is expected to see a judge on November 18 for violating her probation. Lewis had been serving probation at Fresh Start Women's Center for killing Zachary Brooks when she was 15. According to court documents, she ran away from home three times to escape an abusive home. During this time, she was introduced to Brooks, who gave her drugs and raped her multiple times. In September, a judge sentenced Lewis to five years probation and a deferred judgment, which means the sentence would be expunged from her record. Lewis was initially charged with voluntary manslaughter and willful injury and reached a plea agreement. She had been facing 20 years. Lewis's case drew national attention partly because of the swell of support to help her pay $150,000 restitution to Brooks's family. An online fundraiser through GoFundMe collected more than $500,000. According to online records, 18-year-old Piper Lewis was booked into the uh, Polk County Jail at 9.16 p.m. on Tuesday. Can we have a lawyer, a damn good lawyer, step up and take this case, please? Can we have a damn good lawyer step up and take this case? We need the best lawyer, pro bono. We need the best psychotherapists, pro bono. We need the best team assembled to come to her defense. I'm sorry, I'm done speaking. I um, was thinking the other day, did they even provide her with a psychotherapist. Hmm. Good question. Hopefully these questions will come out, unfortunately, when they bring her back to court. Or at least someone will ask for it. I pray they don't add any more time to her five years. Because technically, I think mentally, she's still a child. She is. And I can speak it because I've been through it. Let me just put that out there. Right. She's still a child, Javette. She has not had the chance to be a child. So now she's a child. And she, because of her experience, I'm no psychotherapist. I'm just thinking common sense. Based on her experience, this girl is traumatized. She ran away from home to escape abuse only to end up in abuse. And we punish her. We punish her for defending herself. What, what, what do you think? And you're right, Javid. Are they providing the proper therapy that she needs to help her through this. You throw them into the system and you think that's rehabilitation. You're saying, oh, well, she's in a halfway house. No, it doesn't matter. 
Is she getting the help, the psychological help she needs? Is she allowed to express her emotions and what she's experiencing day by day from hour to hour? She is living with trauma and she's reactive. Are we teaching her to be proactive and how to deal with the various things that she's going to feel, the various emotions? You look at her and say, oh, she's an adult, so deal with her as an adult now. No! What happened to her happened to her when she was a child. I don't think it was her intent to kill. She didn't, it's not as though she killed her parents and ran away from home and, or ran away from wherever and killed somebody else. No, she did not. She killed in self-defense, and I'm just asking for the best team possible to be assembled. The 500,000 whatever it is, can we please use that if we have to pay for good defense, if we have to pay for a good team to rally around her? Can we use that money to pay for her? Whoever was responsible for the um, fundraiser, please, please. Not hearing you moments. Okay, say something. Gone again. <laughs> okay, I, I just heard you. You just heard me. Okay, yeah. Fiber again. It, it raveled out. <laughs> You're back. Okay, good. Great, thank you. Um, AT&T Fiber, do better. Sorry, putting you on blast. Our next is, oh, let's move on to business and tech. Oh, my gosh, forgot about business and tech news. How could I? All right, but business and tech news time. First up, Adidas to continue selling Yeezys under a new name beginning next year. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. After weeks of speculation regarding what will happen with the Yeezy brand, now that Adidas has cut ties with Kanye West, it has been revealed how the company will move forward with the shoe collection. On Wednesday, Adidas announced that the Yeezy designs would remain in production, but under a different name. The revelation came forward during a quarterly earnings call. Adidas chief financial officer made it clear that the athletic company owns the designs and plans to make use of them for 2023. The only exception is the Yeezy slides, which Ye owns the patent for. Do I believe they're going to be the same? Be successful? Hmm. No. Nope. It's a flop. It's a flop. Just lock up shop and keep it moving. It's a wrap. Sorry, Adidas. I, I think a lot of people will still buy them. You think and so, Regardless, they don't care. I do. Oh, boy. I do. I don't think necessarily that everyone who buys them are Kanye fans because I know people that are like, oh, it's super comfortable. And so they just wear them. Oh. So um, I, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it, it would be as successful as at it. Like, I'm sure Adidas is going to take a hit. Um, and I think there's definitely a moral argument to be made to not want to, you know, exploit this person's you know although um adidas owns the the intellectual property it's still a, a you know kanye's you know invention yeah. or idea so morally i think owning yeezys at this point is is wrong 
but I don't really think I don't think people care. Or is it that we forget very quickly sin? I just don't think people care. Okay. I really like <laughs> if if Uvalde uh, voted unanimously for Greg Abbott. That's then a good point. People just don't. Which is I was just in a political room, so that oh, was kind of like fresh in my mind. I, I just think that like people just don't care if they like them. They're gonna wear them, and they just don't care. Wow. All right. Thank you, Sin. I, I, I mean, I, I think if if Nike make Jordans without Jordan's name on it and vanquished Michael Jordan, would Jordan still sell? Nike shoes would still sell. Some of the styles would still sell, but it will not have the same brand value. So Yeezys is going to lose brand value because any way you want to take it, people were buying those sneakers because of the perception the perception, the perceptive value of a Yeezy. Um, for them to be successful, I mean, them have marketing dollars, but for them to be successful, they're going to have to, I think, I, I think the amount of money that they're going to have to pump into marketing to change um, the perceptive value around those shoes, I don't know if it's even worth it. I think at this point in time, it's more ego and pride. Or maybe they have so much of these shoes and they maybe have so much of these shoes or have certain contractual obligations with their manufacturers that it's a last leader that they're willing to, to put out there. But it's not going to be the same for that brand, for those shoes. I think <laughs> when you said the same O'Neill as in the value itself, so you're saying that they can't sell so the, the market value. So you're saying that the market value would not be the same as it was it, initially. Yeah. Would you pay? Would you pay five hundred dollars for a pair of Nike that is not Jordans? You know what I'm saying? Think about that. Remember the the the, the in 2017 when Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan could have walked away from Nike in 2020. What they started to do in 2017, 2018, they started to rebrand some of the same designs because they owned the design just the same way. What they started to do was to release Jordan designs without the Jordan and the Nike on it, but they still had the Jordan in the market space. So, but, but there was no uproar. There was no perception in the public's mind that Michael Jordan is going to go away. Or there was no bitter... Because remember, there's press. Bad press, good press is still press. But in terms of the perceptive value of a Yeezy, why, am I, why were people buying Yeezys in the first place? Were they buying Yeezys because they love Adidas? Adidas is not even the biggest brand. It's not. Are, are people buying Adidas? Were people buying Adidas in the same numbers that they started to buy Adidas after Yeezy? But hold on, hold, hold on, Ani. Remember, go back though. Adidas has relied heavily on entertainers. Remember, their first big deal was with um they they were sinking and they needed a come up. And who did they run to? Run DMC. Yeah, they've always used entertainers, and even now they've used Jamaicans 
so if you look back, Bob Marley used to wear Adidas. That was free advertisement for them. Um, so, 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 so there's a there's a cultural tie, but there's still a different shift. For example, Puma. Puma was going bankrupt before you seen Bolt. Right, you did mention, person. yeah. And then Puma was was a non-entity brand in the United States until they did the deal with um, with Jay Z and, and and Rihanna. They have started to gain traction. You can't. All of these brands and brand value is tied to culture. So if you don't have, if, if, when you're marketing a brand, if you you have to have um, a unique market advantage, you have to create that perception that unique market advantage. What is Adidas's unique market advantage? With no easy, why would I buy? Why am I going to run to the store to get? And Adidas. So maybe they're gonna sign try and sign some other artist I think or, or, or something. But those Yeezys I think are dead in the water. And any artist that put their name on a Yeezy is gonna be dead too. Uh, as <laughs> I you say so. dead in the water, O'Neill, not to digress yeah. too much, but um in Stuart, Florida, if there are any listeners in Stuart, Florida, please be careful as you go about. Um, vehicles do have to stop at the intersection for sharks to go by. Sharks are swimming in the streets in Stuart, Florida, folks. Just wanted to let you know. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks, Nicole, for the sharks. But um, welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> you get it all. You have alligators in your house, swimming or chilling out in your backyard. Yay! Uh, moments. I have a request. Can you start off uh, Florida stored stories by saying in Florida, so that we know not to um, be surprised <laughs> at anything that comes up next. <laughs> Only in Florida, right? <laughs> in Florida. That way, you kind of... Okay. Because I was at first, I was like, sharks swimming in the street. And then you said Florida. I was like, oh. Okay. You're Makes right. sense. You're right. You're right, Sid. So, meanwhile, in Florida, <laughs> we have sharks exactly. swimming down the street. And I will let you know, vehicles have stopped at the intersection to allow for shark crossing. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to see that. I'm going to turn on the news just to see that. Don't need to. Okay. It is fun. I'm up on my phone. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Those are going to have the best memes later today. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you see the show. No, this is really serious. OMG. But, yeah, that's what we do in Florida. <laughs> The same thing happened in um. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a sea surge. The yeah. same thing happened in Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. There were sharks <laughs> um, swimming in the road in Fort Myers, but it's a sea surge. So oh lord, it's expected. That means that, yeah. What that means though, it means anybody that's in the low lying area on that coast that did not evacuate. Am I gonna get it? <laughs> Can't go fishing. No, uh, no, it's not even that. I hope that people will evacuate it because oh. or else we have a body count. No, Lord. Okay. <laughs> so Mark Zuckerberg issues apology to laid off Meta employees. I want to take the accountability, he said in this story, courtesy of BallerAlert.com. Meta Platforms Inc. will eliminate more than 11,000 employees in the company's first mass layoff in its 18-year history. Facebook founder and Meta Chief Executive Officer Mark Zuckerberg announced the shocking job cuts on Wednesday 
expressing remorse and uncertainty regarding the future of employees. Zuckerberg took sole responsibility for the layoff and offered an apology to those left jobless. He said, I want to take accountability for these decisions and for how we got here. Hmm. The tech giant's recruiting team will be the most impacted department since Meta plans to hire fewer people next year. Its real estate unit will also face downsizing along with its business teams. Budget cuts are the primary reason for the staff reduction. Zuckerberg is going to save in nearly every area with some staff as being forced to share desks moving forward. Meta, Facebook's parent company, has taken a large financial hit due to the decline of digital marketing. Additionally, Zuckerberg's multi-billion dollar investment in the metaverse has set him back a bit, spending at least $2 billion to acquire the virtual reality headset company Oculus back in 2014. This year, the company has spent over $9 billion in total on its virtual reality, which has yet to be fully developed. Those left unemployed will receive a severance package consisting of 16 weeks of pay and an additional two weeks for every year of service. Meta will continue to cover health insurance for six months. Ah, okay, well, that's good. Uh, so hold on. Did I, anybody else catch this? But you're laying off 11,000 people, but you're going to hire next year. Different category of engineers, I guess. Or yeah, different. maybe human resources people, maybe, yeah. Hmm. I'm always amused when I hear the, you know, companies laying off and then rehiring us uh, and O'Neill. And here's the thing. A lot of times when they rehire, it's for the very positions. They just rehire them at a lower pay scale. That's capitalism. That's capitalism. You know what irks me, you know, but who am I? I'm not rich yet, one day. And I hope I can do right by the people that I will be able to employ when I'm rich. One day. It's coming. I feel it. Oh. You will. But, We're claiming it. But California won the lotto, though. Damn. So I got to wait a little longer. Has been in the room? Huh? She hides from us is is that why Sunette hasn't been in the room she I think so I think Sunette won but she don't want us to know <laughs> I, I need to make a plea to um I need some assistance with student loan so please when you see it just let, her to, um, let me know um what I find um interesting is that there was a big push maybe like six months ago um or even this past year to go back to the office, right? A lot of these tech companies, it's like, oh, go back to the office, go back to the office um, at least two times a week or hybrid, that type of thing. It's like, go back to the office, go back to the office, and now begins all the layoffs. So it's just, yeah. yeah. Sunet, Sin, uh, uh, you know, we're all wondering what happened to you because uh, we think you won the lotto and you're just trying to avoid us. Um, you know, we won't tell your secret. We won't beg you. <laughs> it's in Los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't. I live in Northern California. This is a six-hour drive. I'm not doing this to go buy a ticket. <laughs> oh 
Oh my gosh, you're like okay. at least six hours. At least, but no, I didn't. I didn't win. I'm just. Uh, I just been doing a lot, and 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 I'll be truthful. And a lot of people start talking about some things I don't care about. I leave. <laughs> I know, honest. so that I know, I know, I know, I know. You just gotta love it. You gotta love her. You gotta love her. You gotta love her. I love you so much. Oh my god. I know, so that I know. Um, yeah. So, sin. I'm sorry you get you're stuck with those student loans. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they they call people back into the office and then they lay them off. Have they ever thought about probably cutting their paychecks? Have they ever thought about that? I don't think so. It's always get rid of people and let's see how I can maintain my paycheck. But anyway, more older Americans become homeless as inflation rises and housing costs spike. This story courtesy of NPR.org. On a recent rainy afternoon in this small town somewhere in Columbia Falls outside the Glacier National Park, Lisa and Kim were preparing to sell most of their belongings before moving out of their three-bedroom, two-bathroom rental home. Hilton was recovering from a broken leg, watched his recliner as friends and family sorted through old hunting gear, etc. The only thing that's not for sale is the house. Everything else has to go. He has type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and other health issues that have left him disabled and unable to work for years. He's covered by Medicare, but his only income is federal disability benefits. Because of his shoulder injury from fibromyalgia, 64-year-old um, Hilton's partner of seven years also relies on disability. Combined, their income is roughly $1,500 a month. What, what's going to happen by the time we get to 60, 60? What is, what is the retirement? I don't even know. What is the retirement age in this country? 70? 67. 67. And we talk about investing and saving, but will the dollar value be valuable then? Will it value anything then? The value of a dollar today is not going to be what we expect in 10, 15 years. So whilst we are all working hard and investing in 401k and blah, 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 inflation, inflation is, is, is going right along with us. Right along with us. That's why we have to keep investing in those 401ks because that's our money. We don't have to wait and rely on the government. Once you do that, you're saving your money and you get it out when you're retiring. Don't wait for Social Security. Plan your own. Yeah. But, Sunette, what else can we do along with Social Security, with, um, with 401k? Because let us say by the time you reach retirement age, you have a million dollars, right? But then in reality, that million dollars is only 250000 when I talk about inflation, right? And can only mm. now serve you five years versus 20 years. I think uh, I predict there's going to be a lot of uh, older people on OnlyFans. I'm just saying <laughs> it might be a thing. That's so <laughs> Supplement that social security income. <laughs> so that means we got to get started, right? I keep saying I'm going to go on OnlyFans. Oh, 
and i did we did say we we're gonna do the rent a husband thing and uh, what else can we do because it's the truth when we think about it when you talk about inflation we're having a conversation the, the very conversations we're having now as it relates to the economy we're going to be having those same conversations not us other people are going to be having those same conversations in 15 20 years believe it it's the same conversations that were had 20 years ago nothing has changed will we be able to 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 reap the rewards of our investments and live comfortably for the next 15 to 20 years after we have retired off of 401k investments uh coupled with your social security check and whatever else now we have to really think about diversifying our portfolio seriously folks i don't think 401k is gonna be enough so now you better get into real estate you're good with um that um what you call it interior work you better start re oh. flipping Girl, no. My husband did the design. All I did was make sure things matched up. Mm -mm. Whew. That's a lot of headache. And it took so long. I need, a, I need a real team for that. And I don't think I'll have them people yet. <laughs> Listen. Start. Did you see, have you seen on Pinterest or on YouTube shorts where people are going around picking up furniture that's left on the curb some people are going to the thrift store or these um different places where you can get the furniture dirt cheap taking them home and flipping the furniture one lady got yeah. a dresser for 90 dollars. i think it was at the thrift store took it home jazzed it up and sold it for 900 dollars. listen folks we gotta be creative sonette tap into your talent you have it <laughs> i don't Thank, I am so happy that you have faith in me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here looking at my little bidet I'm trying to install on my toilet right now because that's the next thing. The the bathroom is next. This bidet, I need a nice quick cleanse so I don't have to jump in the shower every single time, you know. Bidets are <laughs> life, girl. They are life. I have one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. They're life. I remember my mom. Well, my mom still has one. That house is old. God forbid. I'm almost 50. And I remember seeing it in the, her bathroom. I was like, what is it used for? And she would tell me. I used to play in it as a kid. You know, you go in there like, turn because you see the fountain coming up. And you're like, yeah. See, I, I, that's one of the things I'm worried about. I have an eight-year-old in my house. And I'm, I'm worried I'm going to come in the bathroom and it's gonna be, the floor is going to be flooded because she's going to play with my little bidet and get the whole bathroom flooded. But that's yeah, what I, that's just, my fear. Just tell her what it is for. Just tell her. Tell her, you know. <laughs> so she doesn't make a mess. But they're alive. And they serve other purposes too, but I won't get into that. That's a days after dark conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Wow. <laughs> Especially if you have the ones where the fountain goes up, right? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and you can adjust the pressure. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a days after dark conversation. Gentlemen, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't. They could use it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I, I would appreciate if they'd use it too. You know, get, get some. Get oh some wow! Little, yeah, oh, I don't have a problem with my partner at all. All right, just to be clear. Yeah. However, yeah, I have heard enough stories from single women who talk about these men who don't, who are so afraid to put their fingers in their places. <laughs> 
Okay, days after dark. We, we, okay, Monday, hurry up and come. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and how weird is this? But in health and science news, yeah, we have time. Five STDs you can get without having sex. Story courtesy of kman.loopnews.com. You meet someone, spend the night making out with them, and go home satisfied that you're safe. You have not exposed yourself to any diseases or infections because you didn't actually have sex. Actual intercourse is, however, not the only way sexually transmitted diseases are spread. It is possible to contract an infection without having intercourse. So here are five STDs you can get even with your clothes on. So for women who want to cheat, men who want to cheat, um, adolescents who want to be frivolous, um, singles who are on the dating scene. This applies to all of us, right? Molluscum, whatever. Contagiosum. What is it? Well, according to WebMD, this is a skin infection that causes small, pearly, or flesh-colored bumps. The infection is caused by a virus. And how is it spread? It is spread through skin-to-skin -skin contact. This includes sexual contact or touching the bumps and then touching the skin. You can also contract the virus from touching an object such as a towel. Symptoms. Small painless bumps may appear alone or in groups. They most often appear on the trunk, face, eyelids, or genital area. All right, so be careful. Herpes, number two. What is it? Kissing someone can result in you contracting oral herpes which is caused by HSV-1 and can result in cold sores or fever blisters on or around the mouth. Most people, however, do not have any symptoms and herpes can be spread via a herpes source, saliva or genital secretions or via skin in the oral area if your partner has an oral herpes infection. Um, chlamydia. Chlamydia is a common STD that can infect both men and women. It can cause serious permanent damage to a woman's reproductive system, which can result in difficulties to conceive. And you can get chlamydia through vaginal, anal, or oral sex with someone who is infected. All right. Symptoms, women, an abnormal vaginal discharge, a burning sensation when urinating. Men, a discharge from your penis, a burning sensation when urinating, pain and swelling in one or both testicles. The other one, which they call trick, trichomoniasis. What is it? Known as trick is very commonly, um, it's a very common sexually transmitted disease, which is caused by infection with a protozoan parasite called trichomonas vaginalis. How is it spread? The CDC states that the parasite passes from an infected person to an uninfected person during sex. In women, the most common infected part of the body is the lower genital tract. In men, the most common infected part is inside of the penis. During sex, the parasite spreads or from, you know, and also through you, what you call fingering, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And the other one is HPV, human papilloma virus. It's the most, they say it is the most commonly sexually transmitted infection. There are many different types of HPV. Some types can cause, can cause health problems, including genital warts and cancers. All right. 
So, folks, be very careful as you are out and about. Yeah, they didn't put um, they did not put monkeypox on the list. So yeah, that's, that's it's the... like it disappeared. I haven't heard anything in a long time. You know, you're right about that. Hmm. But listen, the HPV, everyone should have your cervical screening as um, frequently as you can because you never know with that one. It's it won't you won't necessarily see anything, but it could cause infertility. So mm-hmm. that's one of the ones people, women, will really need to check ourselves out. Men can also get it, but it's um, because of the way our bodies are made, we are more susceptible. Done, mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's it for health news. Okay. We got a few minutes left. Let's see if I can squeeze in the rest. Uh, so Carrie Irving is to meet with the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, following the suspension. I wonder why. Prior to meeting with Irving, Silver stated that Carrie made a reckless decision by posting a link to a film that contained anti-Semitic material on his Twitter account and that he would be meeting with him soon to discuss. An anonymous source told the Associated Press the meeting with Silver, in fact, did take place on Tuesday. All right, then. Um, Last Thursday, the Nets announced the suspension of Irving for at least five games without pay after declining to declare that he had no anti-Semitic views. At that point, Silver stated that he was disappointed that Irving had not apologized sooner and that he had not denounced the material in Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. Irving still needs to work to mend fences with the Nets after meeting with Silver. They were not pleased by his reluctance to receive the COVID-19 vaccination. Ah, you guys brought that up, didn't you? Now everything is coming full circle. The issue is in the book, really, or the movie that is available on Amazon that Jeff Bezos is getting rich off of, richer off of, but has not been asked to remove from his platform. <laughs> the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. There it is, folks. They were not pleased by his reluctance to receive the COVID-19 vaccination, which rendered him ineligible to participate in home games for most of the previous season. But didn't they, a couple months ago, said you don't have to get vaccinated anymore? So let that go. Am am I wrong or am am I hallucinating? I didn't have any of the psychedelic mushrooms. Am I hallucinating? No, I'm not. No, that's what they were talking about in uh, your room as well as um, Fabian's room the other night Mm -hmm. about his past issues. Mm -hmm. Oh, the hypocrisy. Yeah. Carrie Carrie has declared himself a more. And I think that's the big issue. I, and again, I don't know all the details about what this more thing is about, but I know it's some black identity thing um, or element of that. And I think him being who he is and being very defiant, to me, a lot of what's happening, if our memory is long enough, I may remember that Muhammad Ali was thrown in jail because he, was, he, he opposed the war and he refused to go. So it's just a system flexing their muscles, I believe. And trying to say we are the boss around here. So 
Do as we say. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that people are stepping up now to support him. Like even um Jay will, because you know, like ESPN is 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 a network now that's trying to muffle like their black um commentators. And you know, Jay Will came out the other day and he made a post and he he went live on Instagram and he said, you know, this could cost my job, but you know, why are they trying to do this to Kyrie and and he was saying that, you know, like elders in the community that he's he's talking to, like say it, it it's reminiscent of, of like trying to break like the rebellious slave in front of everyone else. So you know your place and you know that okay, don't follow Kyrie, you know? Yeah. So um and what's his name from Boston Celtics? Um that's a part of the the, the union said no, like they're not they're not gonna sit by and let them just like not pay him for, for this. You know, so yeah, so it's it's good to see that, you know, people are stepping up now and, and people are pushing back at someone like people like Shaq and, and, and Charles Bartley that's publicly criticizing him and calling him dumb and all these type of stuff. And what I've noticed is that when you look at the the, the, the coverage, like you'll never see like some of the, the, the white commentators on, on ESPN and Fox Sport, like they sit there and they allow the, the, the black ones to go after the players and call them stupid and dumb and um, call Westbrook like West Brick and all these type of stuff. Um, and the, the white commentators, they are very careful because, you know, NBA is 99% black. So they are very careful of not saying anything. If you watch um, the show with like Shaq and Charles Bartley and um, what, what's the other guy named? The white guy, like he never say anything like disrespectful, but like Shaq and, and you know, they call him stupid. They call him <laughs> dumb. They call him all sorts of nicknames. And they're just using blacks to, to, to beat up on the other black players. And it just... With some of the older black players, it just seemed like some of them, it's like a form of jealousy too because like these guys are making $200 million and back in their days, they were making like $2 million. So, oh boy. Yeah, but it, it's good to see that people are supporting him, supporting him though. All right. Well, we do have to wrap up. Unfortunately, we are at the end of the show. So sorry about that. You know, that's a rich. Come on, no objective. But from it's good loving, we have it. Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone that's listening online, JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And a big thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens on moments with me you're listening to coffee in tow world news on the go remember we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views 
You can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. Thank you for the great conversation. Thank you for the shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Tomorrow morning, I just remembered, I will not be doing coffee until I got to go take son number four to a sporting event. So I do apologize. I was reminded of that while doing the show. Uh, so no coffee until tomorrow morning, but we will be back Monday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. So have yourselves a wonderful weekend, I should be saying. All right. Thank you so much. I'm signing off. QMZ Radio and JohnnoRadio.com. This is Moments with me. Take care.